Welcome to another edition of Banter and Babble. I am the Dude79, and joining me always, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Fanboy Tone. Mr. Fanboy Tone, what's good, baby? Not a whole lot. You know, you. I want to let all y'all know, I am so proud of Tone. He has now reached grandfatherhood. He needs a nap around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's the time my grandpa naps. Mm-hmm. I gra- I nap on maybe Sunday at about 3 o'clock because mm-hmm. it's Sunday. This dude needs it during the week. He is now my grandpa. Congratulations, dude. You have you have ascended to just old curmudgeon. I got this popsicle. But that nap was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I needed it today. I, I know you I did. I what was going on. I was not feeling well. That nap definitely helped. I don't nap very well, but I'll tell you what, when I woke up, which was good. around 6.30. Felt good. Yeah, it felt like I had just slept for a few hours, which I kind of did. But. <laughs> Naps, no, no age. Crash <laughs> is not wrong. Crash is not wrong. Hopefully, everyone had a really nice long weekend. Sunday, the Lions usually put me to sleep. That is usually, yeah, Freezy makes a great point, dude. Honest to God, Sundays, usually in September, I'll, I'll punish myself, watch the Lions for three hours, and get mad, and then usually around late September, I'm like, you know what? I can be mowing my lawn right now. And so I make 1 o'clock my official lawn mowing time, usually come early October. Because by then, by mid, my, not even mid-October, at the end of September, you know this team ain't going to the playoffs. Right, yeah, you are, you, you've already cleared out the next three yeah. months of your schedule. My Sundays are now wide open. Right. It's, that's usually how it works as Lions fans. We have a four-game season. I didn't know they still had fans. That's news to me. Uh well we yeah we're we're gluttons for punishment, you know we we tune in on Sunday with the highest of hopes, and I use that term it's it's not it's like our high hopes are really low hopes for everybody else, and uh, it's really really painful yeah cuddles they still have a team they have jerseys and everything you know and it's funny too because like you say that. And then, like, they'll lose, like, seven games, and everybody treats, like, one game. They just won the fucking playoffs. It's right. fucking an irritating as shit. Well, I think it was a couple years ago where, like, they lost, like, their first two games, and then they beat the Patriots, and they're like, oh, shit, this is really cool. But that's what they do, man. They always find a way to, like, right. take it down to the wire or maybe even beat a really good team. Right. But then they come out and shit the bed against every other fucking mediocre team. It's just like, Yeah, like a high school team will beat them, and you'll be like, well, I expect that. Yeah, it, you don't get shocked, but it's just – it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating. I'm glad Prime Didac is here because he'd be giving me a fucking lecture in the chat about wasting my time. But I could do it too. Like I Freezy, I'm going to watch on Sunday. I'm going to watch on Sunday. They're playing the Niners. Probably going to get their shit pushed in by the Niners. So it's what you expect. I'll be mowing the lawn by halftime probably. You know, it was funny. The first time uh, I watched the Lions with Ethan. And he was like just a baby. So, I mean, he was born in April. So he was about. How would you do that? He was probably about five, six months old when the Lions opener started that year. And he's downstairs with me. And I think the first play of the game was like the first game of the season. First play of the other team. I can't remember who it was. Just like a 70 yard touchdown. Sure. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He starts crying. Yeah. His first like sports memory was like me screaming at the Lions. I'm just like, you have no idea how special of a moment this really is for you. You're lucky you didn't get turned into CPS for making him watch a Lions game. I know, oh, I know right? Just I saying, know. Just saying. I know. And I love how when I have to tell him about the heyday of the Lions, it was when we made the NFC Championship game in 91. That's our heyday. Yeah. My main man, Rodney. Yep. And th- no, it was Eric Kramer at that time. Oh, that's right, because Rodney Pete was still hurt. Rodney Pete got hurt. 
Eric Kramer took over. Yeah, we always do that. Venomous, welcome. Hey, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Kramer took over, and then we were like, oh my gosh, we're going to the, we're going to the NFC Championship game. And then Mark Rippon and the Redskins were like, nah, bro, you guys are done. And we just got bombed, and that was it. Moving on. That please. was it for our our Lions like fame. I was like, that was it, dude. Oh my god, he seriously just put half ass put the whole Lions uh, fight song forward down the field, a charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, stand and cheer the brave. Rah rah rah! Go hard win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain Alliance victory. It's fucking sweet, man. I'm out of here. I need like somebody show that to the to the Fords and let them know I am available, dude. I am available, and I'll get you. I'll get the six people that show up. Thank you. See, half-ass gets it. He knows what it takes to carry a tune. It's not easy. Thank you. I would rather listen to this, this than dude's movie reviews. Come on. Carlos is going to come here and be like, Shang-Chi was meh. You already know that's, that's the bit he's going to run with, right? How you doing? You doing all right? No, I just spent way more time than I've ever wanted to talking about you No, know we should do Let's wash it down. What, what are we washing it down with, dude? So, yeah, so Cuddles already made a comment because, yes, we're drinking Sam Adams right now. We don't drink a lot of Sam Adams typically. We don't drink a lot of super commercial beers. However, I do give them props for helping the craft brewery business boom. They they were very, very big into that. They kind of helped that kick off. That said, um, everybody's been talking about the Jack O this year, the pumpkin ale. And it's that time of year, so clearly we're getting a lot of pumpkin ales. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to tell you, this is really fucking delicious. It's really good. It's really good. So <laughs> uh, we had to at least try one of them this year's. Um, cherry wheat is, is cherry I, I, mean, good. I believe I've talked about it here a few times. That's what I call uh, one of my old faithfuls. But I got four or five beers that if I don't feel like perusing through a case and just picking something new yep. and thinking about it. Grab the cherry wheat. Cherry wheat's one of the ones I'll just sometimes grab because it's a, just a great smooth beer. I love the flavor of it. But uh, this Jacko. It's really good. It's good. It's actually really good. Like, I, I like pumpkin pie, and it's, it tastes like pumpkin pie. Like, it's really good. Like, it's very smooth. It's only 4.4, so it's not like a heavy duty. Um, But it is. It's it's a playful Fuck. little drink. That's it's really really good. It's really good, you guys. Uh, Sam Adams does great fall beer. Man, he's not wrong. Freezy Their Oktoberfest oh, is good too. Man, what what was that dunk? What was that beer? I went to Freezy's house on Friday night to watch Michigan State. Who uh, Kenneth Walker? Yes, the transfer from Wake Forest ran for two hundred and forty-two yards and a bunch of touchdowns. It was awesome. But we had a beer there. I picked up a beer from uh, Cork and Ale, Dunklaw's. It's chocolate strawberry, which is weird because raspberry. It, it, is it Duclaw? Duclaw? Is it Duclaw or Dunklaw? I think it's one of those. I was fucking. They're, I was, very, they're really hit or miss with their beers. I was shit faced. You were shit faced. I got shit faced Friday night. I was and, getting uh, these. I'm really shit faced. It was really good. Oh. I, well, I I had the the Dunclaw or the Duclaw um chocolate raspberry stout, mm-hmm. but always with me, complimented mm-hmm. oatmeal cream pie oh, baby. Yeah. Had to get some OCP mm-hmm. for the for the Spartans on Friday night, but it was Too it was smooth. fun, man. We Too got smooth. drunk, ate some. Now I want to bitch a little bit about B Dubs. Because we ordered wings from there, okay? We knew we were going to pick those wings up at 6.30. Right. So I called at 5. I was like, I need this order for 6.30. They're like, cool, bro. We got you. I get there at like 6.28. I didn't leave that place until 7.15. 45 minutes I sat in there and watched like five other people come in and get their takeout orders. 
Dude, I guarantee you, those motherfuckers were like, I walked in there like, oh shit, we didn't start this dude's order. 45 minutes I sat there waiting for an order I placed an hour and a half before I got there. Now that's weird for that, first of all. that The B-dubs here in town is actually pretty decent compared to some of the ones I've been to. That said, mm. it's also B-dubs, and I feel like that place is really hit or miss. Like It's not ever consistent. And B-dubs is what I ordered to smoke nightly. D-dubs is what I ordered to smoke <laughs> <D-dubs>, nightly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, turns out, yeah, that's what I was going to say is that for me at this point, if I buy bulk wings, it's definitely Hooters. Oh, you go Hooters? Oh, because it, bone-in, you can't get, like, bone-in wings at Hooters are massive. And they're 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 really good. So I definitely, mm. definitely say I'd, I'd steer you to Hooters next time. Um, okay. Well, maybe I will. But I, actually, you know, when it comes to boneless, though, I like, I like Cody's. Cody's has really good boneless. Cody's has boneless. Yeah, so they're boneless. Uh, these things are like they're so good. Cody's has really That's good. That's what boneless everybody wings. said. That they're actually really good there. Really, t- and they have a couple of sauces. The the Chipotle barbecue mm, that does sound good. is exquisite. Now, see, I actually do like beat up sauces. I buy Asian Zing from time to time. I, I buy the own. parm garlic, and whenever I do my mm. wings upstairs oh, in yeah. the air fryer. Parm garlic. Just cover it in parm garlic and I let it sit in the oven and keep warm and let it kind of cook yeah. in a little bit. Oh, it's There's so like good. There's three flavors there, and that's one of the three for me. Parm garlic is good. Um, I do like the Asian zing. Oh, I love that Rob Asian knows zing. I, I love Asian zing because it's not very spicy at all. He knows it's uh, no problem. You guys got wing stops up there? I don't think we do up here. No, no. Yeah, do Asian we, zing is my go-to. Are there wing stops anywhere in Michigan? I don't know what the fuck you guys are saying. He's asking where there's a wing stop there. That's what Jay Hill's asking. We go got him here. We do. Oh, Dungeons is in. He's in Ohio, though. Yeah, nothing ever goes like north of Ohio, Ohio like that. No. You know what else stops at the Ohio border? Chili cheese burritos at Taco Bell. Yeah, some of that shit's regional, man. It's dude, weird. Dude, well, that's what I don't get. Okay, like I go to Taco Bell's menu. They have like 600 items online. Do that? Yeah. Online. They have three regional items. One of them is a chili cheese right, burrito. Right, I'm like, right. come on, bro. Bring me my chili cheese burritos back. We got a wing stop in Detroit. There is one in Detroit. We have a couple on the Detroit area, actually. Really? Basically, what we need to do, mm. and I, I know I've said this a couple times, is mm. we need to have like a night or two or just a couple days in Detroit just yes. to hang out at the breweries and different food spots down there, like hit up Greek Town, wing stop. I mean, there's so much shit. And I don't remember the place I, I had the sub at, like 1 a.m. when I was down there for that concert a couple weeks back. Um, but fuck Waffle House. Get that trash out of here. There was a fight at Waffle House? Yeah, probably probably over the toilet. <laughs> and they <laughs> definitely fuck weren't you, cleaning. you, Freezy. Dude can't eat anything hot. Yeah, I know, I know, Bullshit. I know. Bullshit. It turns all beet red. You see when the the, the fucking beans a couple of weeks? I, I ate the whole pack up. of beans. <laughs> oh, oh my God, grow up, dude. But, uh, uh, dude, there's so much going on in Detroit when it comes to either food or just culture and things down there, man. Downtown Detroit's so great. I really would love to have just a couple days just to do random shit like yeah. every other few hours or so. There's always a fight at Waffle yeah, House. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> usually over who gets to clean the bathroom, only it's opposite day. <laughs> the ghost pepper sauce at B-Dubs, is it crash? Goes for the, he goes for the real heat. Ghost, is go, ghost pepper's pretty hot, right? Yeah. I mean, I have it all the time. I just haven't had it in a while because it's yeah. not hot enough. It's not hot enough. Freezy, don't, don't come here with that blast for me. You know I love my heat. I handle like you know Asian Zing. You've been really looking to franchise some King Cuddles. Is that a real thing? If he is, that's dope. I want it on board. Yeah, Richie, Rich, give me some. And money. if you do that, you got to sponsor the show. So that'd be pretty sweet. That'd be cool to have like a, a Wingstop banner up top there. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. Take a picture inside of a Wings a Cuddles Wingstop. 
Yeah. There'd be like solid gold poles from the ceiling and we'd have to edit the shit out of the picture. <laughs> right, right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> it would just <laughs> it'd just be a cash register. Mm-hmm. Everything else has to get blanked out. Everything's blurred out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All you see is a cash register and uh, a walker. But uh all right, so we got what we've been drinking. What have we been doing? What have you been up to? What's good with you, man? How's life? Uh basement's almost done. Uh, yeah, so that's the news. Man, you're really putting me. I don't know why my brain just doesn't want to work today. Uh, yeah. So uh, the basement is finally this close to getting done. Um, there's just a little bit of touch-up paint. Uh, the contractor is actually going on vacation, so that means he's probably ghosting the little touch-up stuff. Who knows? Uh, contractors, yay! Um, the expensive bathroom plumber guy did call back yesterday, so that's going to be happening hopefully in the next few weeks. But uh, yes, the the basement's almost there. Yes. So within the next. I don't want to get too excited about it because I don't want to psych myself waited this long, but I'm going to say within the next month, I'll be able to start moving things down there. I'm going to get that new $200 router, that 5G crazy motherfucker. So mm-hmm. get that set up will be the first thing to set up down there before I decide to start moving everything down there and make sure the internet is uh, working. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I'm telling you, man, once you have the man cave completed mm-hmm. and you come home from work after a long day and you can be like, I'm going downstairs, don't fucking bother me. See, I can... Top that because I have access to the basement from the outside, right by park. You don't have to let them own. You don't have to do that. Home. Just sneak inside, keep the doors locked, and be like, "I'm just doing my thing." Smart. Just saying. That's smart. Just saying. That's smart. No, the man cave is is a is a necessity in any family home. You is gotta it? have it. That's your. That's your. Uh, dude, that's like your fucking. That's your resort. That's your getaway mean. spot. Mm-hmm. Some people go to Turks and Caicos. I go to my man cave. Where? Turks and Caicos. It's where, like, really, really people, like, nice people to go when they have a lot of money. And I'm broke, so I want to just live in a man cave and drink. Okay. That's all I want to do. I don't go to Tricks and Caicos. I don't go to any of that shit. I don't even know what that means, but. My wife wants to go there, but I'm not going. Cool, man. Go. I'm staying here. I figure I'd get, like, maybe I'd have Cuddles and Drassen, like, when they ever make it in town. Uh, You know, just, like, come over once in a while and, like, we'll do a sushi night, but they had to be naked and we eat the sushi off them. Okay. So, what have you been playing? I know, I know you. Here, here's the thing. He goes on. Okay, this guy bought an Xbox Series X. Okay, and we have some cool games we gotta play. We're trying to play Aliens and and whatever else. Some you know some next gen stuff. You know some of the newest stuff. And <laughs> he lots. spends the first 150 hours with the game with the system playing Kotor, yes. which is sweet. And then we're like, hey man, you wanna play Aliens? He's like, no man, playing Master Chief Collection. Correct. But I was playing Aliens as well too. So shut up. I just, what is going on, dude? Like, what? I don't know. You bitch about the Master Chief Collection, and all of a sudden you can't stop fucking playing it. Well, it only took him like seven years to fix the fucking thing, for fuck's sakes. Like, <laughs> let's give it a peruse, you know? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you playing on there? Uh, this is usually going to be controversial, but I'm actually playing Halo, most. If you say Halo 5. Halo 4. Oh, okay. A lot of well, Halo 4. Why is that controversial? Because a lot of people didn't like Halo 4, and I was one of the few that did, because I, I liked the fact that not only could I have loadouts, like Call of Duty because they try to modernize a little bit. I do like the loadouts. I still like the armor abilities as well, too, because I do like to use the jetpack and different things. Because so. Halo 4 is the worst Halo. Monster Pro said, what's up? Um, it's not true, but uh, <laughs> they all can't be Halo 2, unfortunately enough, either, though. Or Reach. Reach was really, really good. Reach Halo 4 is a Halo good... Halo Reach around? Yes. It was a good Halo, one. Yes. Halo, Halo, Halo 4 is a good combination of 3 and Reach and dashes of 2, so it's it's really like a culmination of a lot of things, and I mean, they tried to modernize it to some degree, and I know that wasn't for everybody, but Halo 4 was one of the ones that, as far as multiplayer goes, and at the time, in 2012, 11, whatever it was, uh, that I was really, really, really good at. Um, but 
What is the worst Halo and why is it five? No kidding. Jeez. Good good point, Crash. Thank you. Gosh. That man deserves a gold star. So. He does. He does. Crash Crash is a good dude. Crash good people. Good peoples. Crash is good. I actually sat next to him in the theater. He does, He's, Moss. He takes really good care of you in the theater. That's the rumor. I'm just, I'm not going to divulge in anything. I'm, what happens in a theater stays in a theater. It was just weird because the popcorn bucket looked like it was still full when you guys threw it away. It looked like there was a lot of butter on it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of butter and salt. Anyways, so um, you've been playing that. I have been playing Fist. Oh. Yes. Really? Yes. That would explain all the KY in the debate. I have been playing Fist. Lots of it. Forged in the shadow in Shadow Tower. What's the rating on the stream? Uh <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, I streamed it last night uh, right here on the channel. Uh played a little bit for about a couple hours, uh just to jump into it's it's a game that I've been like watching from afar simply because it looks awesome. You're playing as a Pretty. rabbit with a giant fist. That's Pretty. his weapon. And should we apologize to anybody that last night, yes, it wasn't a B&B show. It was a B&B plays. <laughs> just a B&B plays, everybody. You don't have to hang out with it me. Was That's just, fine. It was just the dude 79. Sorry. Just me there playing you go, by Moss. myself. We address it, Moss. You, you, didn't have to, you didn't have to hang out with me. I appreciate everyone that did hang out. Um, But yeah, I played it for a little bit. Um, I really like what I played so far. It looked awesome. The combat, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. It's a little bit more difficult mm-hmm. than I thought it would be. But I think it's just because the combat itself is a little bit slower than what you're used to in a platformer. And... It's a game where if you button mash, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. And I was I was doing that big time last night, so it's more of a me problem than a game's problem. Yeah. But I really like the immersive environment. Oh, I fell this and, far down. And the excellent animation. The game looks really, it's, really good. I like when it zooms in when you're doing like uh, the, what is oh, it? Oh, the uh, executions? Yeah, it zooms in like that. I'm like, that's The executions cool. are super varied, and they're very detailed. And they're, they're just, yeah, they're very like, okay, that's fucking dope. Like, I really, really was digging that. Uh, the combat is exhilarating if you don't suck at it the whole time. When you do figure out the combos and you get everything to work like it's supposed to, the animation looks great mm-hmm. with some of these combos. When they're, they're really lengthy animations and a lot of stuff is going on, uh, really digging that. Some of the things that you know, it might not suit everyone because the the voice acting in the story is kind of hammy. You know, it's it's a little goofy, but I mean, you're a rabbit with a giant fist. I yeah, mean, what is your expectation? Nobody's at? expecting Shakespeare. Sure. Uh, but the one thing that I'm really digging so far early on, and I still got a long ways to go in it, is the upgrade tree. You really do unlock some badass abilities mm. in the upgrade tree. Uh, you know, that's always an important important part of a Metroidvania or an RPG or anything is the upgrade tree. It has to have stuff in there for you to be like, fuck, I need this right now. Ghost of Tsushima was a game that had some really good abilities in those upgrade trees. In Fist, there's some dope-ass shit that you can unlock that is super powerful, that does a lot of damage to a lot of enemies, and it is really really good i'm i've really enjoyed what i played so far uh it's available now on playstation 4 playstation 5 it's supposed to be coming to windows and pc at some point i don't know if it's out yet uh not on xbox series yet or or i don't i don't imagine this game will be on switch but i do expect this to be on xbox at some point it's from developer ti games it's published by billy billy these are smaller publishers smaller developers so give them some time i'm sure they'll bring it to other platforms but from what i played so far I really, really dig this game, um, and it's a lot of fun. And again, the combat, once you can wrap your head around it, is super exhilarating. So action platformer, but it's definitely a Metroidvania. Right? Oh, absolutely, Metroidvania. Yeah. As you unlock abilities, you can go back and find different paths that you weren't able to get to. Mm-hmm. It's got the map. It'll tell you the percentage completed in the map, so there's all sorts of hidden nooks and crannies and stuff for you to go through. It's it's The level design is really, really good yeah, as well. Yeah, it's very unique. It's, yep. it's like this almost like this slummy, like, cyberpunk-ish. cyberpunk-ish yeah. like, yep. I don't know. Like It was really, really unique to see that. At first when I saw the rabbit, I'm like, man, it looks 
He just gave me this flashback. It's like a mixture of like, like cyberpunk and steampunk. Yeah, like uh, the the rabbit reminded me of for some reason Usagi Ujimbo for a minute, and I was like, oh man, that would be fucking cool. <laughs> but um, I think rabbit is a very unique animal. You don't see in a lot of things, so no. that's a, that's a pretty cool. What's it called? Uh, anamorphic? When they have like, a, or is that the word they use for like when animals are like characters are actually walking around doing shit and stuff? I don't know. I'm not a pervert. <laughs> Grow up too. Um, but yeah, so no, I was really fun watching that uh, before I decided to pass out. But um, I'm really curious about the fist thing that, that now that he was he wasn't wearing that it was like part of like an attachment. Yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like a, some kind of apparatus that he attaches to himself and then you use it for the combat. Like he doesn't actually do anything with his little his little rabbit hands. He's sure. got this huge fist. But then uh, before we ended the stream, I had picked up a drill. Mm -hmm. So now he has a drill. You can swap between the drill and the fist. There you go. And it's pretty sweet, man. You can sit there and start a combo with the fist. And then switch to the drill and finish with like the the big payoff hit with the okay, drill. Okay. So, really, like I said, the combat is deeper than I was expecting it to be. It's a little nuanced, so you got to take some time to get the hang of it. Fisting and drilling—that's what they should have called it. Fisting and drilling. What do you think the third weapon's going to be? There's three of them. You got a fist, a drill. What do you think? Mm. A dilly? No, no. it's really drill like a plug. Oh, I like tri oh tricky. Oh, he's going with the plug. Maybe or like a wow. plunger, like something that like a plug, a plug tail, like a little tail. I mean, I, I, oh god, I'm just I'm wait, we're all, we're all brainstorming here, fisting, yeah. drilling, and beyond. <laughs> Sound off in the comments your we ideas. Could do a whip. Yeah, that's, that's interesting too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I like where all Blanco's heads Ooh, at. Whip, yeah, you know, a little bit of melee, but like like mid range melee. Ooh, yeah, yeah, a little bit of more. You can distance like a yourself. Cat nine tails or something. Oh, oh man, see there you go back to tails. See, I like where I like where your heads at. You fucking pervert. All right. So, we have a new segment that we're going to uh, reveal tonight. Do we? We've talked about it before. Oh. We, we, we've talked about it with some of our viewers. And, you know, we don't cover, you and I, we don't play a lot of PC games. <sighs> no, it's unfortunate. We don't play we a lot of PC don't. games. But some members of our community Yet. do play PC games. They that do play change. PC games. And so, they were like, hey, man, you guys fucking suck and you guys don't cover PC games. Seven Dungeons and King Cuddles wanted to cover a PC game for us. They play nonstop. They play nonstop. Nonstop. So, without further ado, the first time ever premiere of the community PC review. This week on B&B &B brings you PC games. Brought to you by... Seven Dungeons and King Cuddles, we have Phasmophobia Exposition. Phasmophobia has been a popular game since around its release in September of 2020. A, a group ghost hunting experience, a party of adventurers pick up their ghost hunting equipment and head into the local haunted house to identify the spirit that is plaguing the residents, and then they GTFO before they get slain and become their own permanent resident of the place. There's been a lot of changes, as this is the first major update from the Phasmophobia team, which has grown from one developer to three developers, adding new locations like Willow Street, and several others, as well as improving on new equipment. With our new equipment, which we'll be going over here shortly, 
We have new skins for a majority of the equipment, including smudge sticks, the ghost salt, parabolic microphone, spirit box, and the ghost writing diary. In the past, Phasmophobia used a standard kit for all their skins. So by changing these, it gives the ghost hunting genre its own unique feel compared to other ghost hunting games on the market. Also, the locations have been cleaned up graphically. The graphics are a lot more crisp. There's more items available. Are you? Here's our Ouija board telling us the location of the spirits. Is everybody uh, else? We also have voodoo dolls that you find and take images of. The first big enhancement is the video camera. Before, you would set it up on a tripod. Now, it has an integrated screen with night vision, so you can search for those ghost orbs that are so terribly difficult to find without going back to the truck. One of the best enhancements of this update. We also have an EMF detector showing us the electromagnetic force to find the ghost. And the spirit box has gone over another big change. Before, it would put text that you had to read, but we now have the ability to hear the voice, whether male there or female, the from work, the ghost. The dots work the best when you put both of them in the room. Are you here? Oh, that was perfect. That was great yep, video. You're you nearby? Yeah, then we got spirit box. Are you angry? Die. How old are you? Young. Are you friendly? Attack. Shout to Yokai. Salt, which got a graphical update, helps us find the ghost via footprints as the ghost walks through. Can we see you? Oh, there's the salt. We can take pictures of those. Okay, UV light will display footprints. You got anyone got a showing where the UV light for footprints? Walking. I, I got a, I got a camera. Those yeah. green sensors you see. I'm gonna let all and the a spirit can walk ah. through those, okay. giving a quick shadowy figure that appears. Can you show yourself? Come on, show yourself. King Do Cuddles it. here displaying the new right, smudge sticks that. to help yeah. keep the ghost away. In you the case no. of you just young know? attack. No. The flame on the and the new model yeah. for the yeah. lighter to I know light you're young. I watched you crawl on the floor. Other options, yeah. which we'll see <laughs> shortly. The new candles got a good <laughs> Can we see you? Were a wax stick, and now they have a candle base that keeps them more secure on the tables. Did it, oh, we prevented a hunt? Yep. You can see the crucifix now break, and when they break, they glow. Can you show yourself? That doesn't stop a ghost from showing up. Oh. So you can take a picture. Got a picture. They also begin hunting you, and the sounds have been changed. On top of the normal creepy grunts, moans, and burps as we call them, there is now music that will play on some of them. The pictures in the book were enhanced so that they are more easily seen before it uh, took a 
a bit and depends on who took the picture and how bad it was but those seem to the resolution has been fixed on those and they've changed some display there showing value of photos with the star system and multiple pictures of ghosts don't give as much value as they used to we also got two new ghosts to hunt in the book we have the myling uh which is terrifying as it makes no noise when it hunts. And we have the Gorio, which shows itself only on camera if there are no people nearby. The glow sticks also got an enhancement and now will ignite and be bright at first so that you can find those pesky handprints and slowly dim over time, never completely going out so they can still be used to mark door locations in the bigger haunts like prison, asylum, and the high school. Here we use the newly modeled UV light to see a fingerprint on a light switch. There are more fingerprints on light switches now as the ghost tries to hide those fingerprints from you, which makes it easier to see. We can also take photos instead of fingerprints of handprints that appear on various doors as it chases you through the home. The other big enhancement is the new parabolic microphone, which you'll see shortly. It allows you to hear the ghost and is an essential ghost hunting tool. Mm. Ah. Yeah, oh, right here. It's in this room. It whispered to me. It's in the it's in the dining room. The footprints left by the salt are seen here, but Thank you for joining us for BNB Presents PC Gaming, and we'll see you in the next video. I am about ready to play with myself because Dresden sounds sexy as fuck. Seven Dungeons, you sound sexy as fuck, dude. Like, for real. Like, move over, Morgan Freeman. We got a new narrator. That's right. No, you guys, thank you guys so much. Uh, King Cuddles, Seven Dungeons, you guys rock. Uh, that was great. That was really awesome. And that's stuff that we want to like give our audience and our friends an opportunity to do is do some PC reviews. If you guys want, if you guys and girls, if there's a game that you really love that you want to like showcase that you want to talk about that maybe we can't address because we're fucking stupid. We don't play on PC. Make a five minute video explaining the game, why you love it. Send it to us. Well, Eric makes it a lot yeah. easier for us. Holler at us, man. Reach out. I'm too broke. I'm first of all, I'm too broke to buy a full-on PC to game on. And second of all, I suck with mouse and keyboard, so I'm never gonna be a PC gamer. Even if I use a controller on, on on PC, I'm at a disadvantage. Mouse and keyboard is just filthy, especially in shooters. So if you are a PC gamer and you got a game that you want to talk about that isn't on consoles that we're not playing, make us a five-minute video. Tell us what's going on. You guys should really play on PC. For Chammer, I would. If I was younger and I could train myself to use mouse and keyboard, I'm the same way with mouse and keyboard that I am with Fortnite. No idea what I'm doing. I can like I can aim with the mouse. Right. But that's the equivalent of aiming a gun in Fortnite. Moving around on, on keyboard is the same as trying to build shit. Yeah, Forge. That's a good, be careful you bought that. an Xbox Series Let's X and a PS5, but you could have you could have afforded one. Well, I mean, uh, let's not. Let's that that was uh, yeah. multiple. Forge, shut so, up! Stop outing me, Forge. So. Why? Why is Forge gonna come in here and put me out, dude? <laughs> Welcome, Miss Cannon. Miss Cannon, there she is. What's up, girl? Six piece snug. Long time no see. Welcome, dude. 
Appreciate you all stopping Ms. in. Hope you all doing well. Runs this right here. And guess what? We love our stream team, we and we love the people big who are fans also in of it. E Geekly. Well, I mean, you you kind of do. You kind of mm-hmm. do. She's being all modest. She's like, no, I don't. You kind of do. Yeah, you kind of do. I can tell you right now, I can't log into the E Geek. E- e- <laughs> can't even fucking say yeah, it. Yeah, like, let me drink. That'll clear Never it up. Never <laughs> mind. I can't log into the E Geekly Twitter account because I don't run it. I can. But I. What? Yeah. What the fuck, Canon? She just doesn't trust you as much. Oh. She also wow. knows that I'm barely going to use Twitter very well, so. Wow. That's uh, that's <laughs> weak. Anything. That's weak. I want to just get on that Twitter and just put out my OF account, but whatever, dude. You know, yeah, right. King Cuddles, hey, if you're looking for a stream team, I don't know if we're, you know, actively adding, but hey, put an application in with the eGeekly. We'll review it. We'll go yeah. through it, talk about it, you know. There yeah, you go. yeah, put it in, Cuddles. I'll be sure to put a good word in for you, dude. No. That's <laughs> No. Nice. You trash my movie reviews. You'll never get not me to write clo- off on it. And she says we're not closed. We're not closed. What there you that? go, King Cuddles. You want a stream team? There you go. See? He's, he's like, I'm good. Yeah, looks <laughs> okay. Yeah, what stream team was that? That was a sh- that was a yeah. Must must have been a shitty team. Must have been a shitty team. <sighs> no comment. All right. Now that we've got the community review out the way, we talked about our stuff, we talked about what's going on. Let's get to that first topic, dude. Tomorrow is a big day. Yeah. Tomorrow is a lot of things. We've gone going through on. E3. Xbox had some great shows. Nintendo did their thing. Uh, Square Enix choked on a dick. I mean, it was whatever. Finally, as PlayStation always does, they let everybody do all their shows and all that stuff. And Sony's just like, well, we're, not, we're, we're kind of bored. We're not doing hey anything. Hey, guys, you heard any news lately? Hey, guys, we're not doing anything yeah. big. And then, boom, they're like, okay, boom. It's been a, it's been a year. Okay, we've gotten some state of plays, but it's been over. It's been about a year now since we got a PlayStation For an actual showcase. Showcase. Oh, I didn't realize that. This is not a state of play, which is typically like a fi- state of play is usually about 10, 15 minutes, and they got a couple. They talk about stuff that we already either knew about, or we get mm-hmm. updates, or this and that. Uh, but tomorrow we're getting a forty-minute video that Herman Hall says is focusing on all the things that PlayStation Studios are working on. Not only ones that are due out sometime this year, or th- before the end of the year, but 2022 and beyond. Knack three. Knack three. Dude, Jeff Grubb on uh, Twitter said they're going to open with Knack three and close with a teaser for Knack four. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Please don't do that. Wait, did Twitch just add chat filters? Some stuff was dot, 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 until I changed the filter just now. They probably it might did. be on your side of it. I don't know. I don't know. Twitch Twitch changes everything. We have no say on anything when it comes to Twitch and what what gets posted. I don't mm. see the the I don't see those anywhere. So I don't know. Maybe maybe you got like the yeah. Maybe you're just too high and it just looks like those. <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> maybe you just inherently. Maybe you're just too fucking high, bro. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna bet that's what the problem <laughs> is. Me too. But uh, so tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna hear from PlayStation. Um, forty minutes. That's that's a beefy show. That is a really beefy show. I mean, if you even cut it down to like, you know, three minutes each, each trailer, something like that. I mean, that's a lot. That's over 10, 10 trailers, ten announcements, whatever. I mean, E three announcements are typically only forty minutes to an hour, usually itself. So that's a, um, it's beefy, dude. Most of our community crash. Most yeah, most of our community is a lot high. of our community, crash. and that's okay. That's, that's okay. Fine. That's how we party. 
That's how we do things around these parts. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, there's Tom Pian. I love Jay Hill. He always got the. He always knows when to drop the best emotes. We know Mossy is yes. So we don't know much about um what's going to happen tomorrow. We do know that PlayStation announced today that they uh they acquired Fire Sprite Game Studio, which is uh which which you know other than the persistence and not Astro's Playroom, but Playroom before that, like there was one on the PS4, I believe Playroom. Uh, but they've been really big into VR. They have 250 people at their studios, so they're a pretty that's a nice size studio. Uh, they were acquired today, so if Sony is doing that, announcing an acquirement or an acquisition today, that's they're freeing up some room for tomorrow. But like uh, that's a that's a really talented studio. The Persistence is actually is a well regarded horror film I, or horror game, and I have not played it yet. I'm really kind of disappointed. Is that it came, on PC? It's on it's on PlayStation. And it's on VR. Oh. It's on PSVR as well. Hmm. Which I should definitely probably check out at some point because I love me some horror in VR. And I said horror. Sure. Okay? I said horror in VR. I'm fisting. But so other than that, though, we don't really know what to expect tomorrow. That's true. We don't. We don't know. I mean, other than, you know, the softball thing, you know, hopefully we'll see something with God of War. I mean, that's like the big 2022 title. Mm. Well, I mean, it was until Horizon got pushed into February. So now they've got like two possible bookend titles. You can have Horizon to start the year and God of War, you know, Ragnarok, if that's the actual title or just a working title, to end the year. There's a lot of stuff in between we don't know about yet, dude. There's a lot of stuff in between. And they have fifteen or fourteen or fifteen studios that are really fucking talented. Some of them gotta be working on stuff that we don't really know about yet that we're probably gonna find out about tomorrow. Wow. I'm hoping they don't spend too much time. We, we were kind of talking about this before the show. We're like, man, I hope they don't spend a lot of time with Call of Duty. No, I, I expect I would not be surprised if Call of Duty makes some kind of a fucking appearance just because of the marketing deal they have. But like the other one we were yeah. talking about was like, you know, Marvel Avengers. Yes, we know Spider Man's coming at some point, but I really don't want them to spend too much time on the third party stuff. I want to see what the first party stu- first party yeah. studios are working on. And before you know, earlier today, uh, Marvel Avengers came out and said, "Look, here's what's coming for our you know before 2021. Not going to be a part of the showcase." So we know Marvel's not going to be there. So outside of like Call of Duty, I don't know too many third party developers that they're going to be bringing in or publishers being, "Hey, you want to promote the next Assassin's Creed or NBA 2K?" I don't think we'll see that. We haven't heard anything on a Creed front at all. That's really weird to think about that now. Bizarre. I think I don't think there is a Creed this year. I think it's next year. I think they're skipping a year. You can never tell anymore with them. Sometimes. I'm. Pr- I, they, they, I dude, think they try to do every if other Ubisaw, year. If Ubisoft, if they would, if they, if they had a Creed coming out, we would have heard yeah, about it's it. True. By now. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be like, "Well, let's wait till fucking October to announce right. it in November." No, they're yeah, not. Right, right. They know that Windows that, that November. December window right. is really and one out of every now. like three is good. There's no room, and plus they got they get they won't do that because they got um Far Cry Six coming out in October. They're not going to bring out an Assassin's Creed game at this point. Not that close, especially oh, in a yeah, packed holiday say, season. And COVID already pushed everything back with Far Cry. They, I don't think yeah, they would yeah, want to okay, put another open okay. world game in there. But what we want to do is we we kind of sat down like, all right, dude, what are some things we would like to see? What are some predictions considering yes. the studios that Sony has? Uh, and, and what do we think will get announced for about 40 minutes, dude? Other than a lengthy gameplay trailer for, or, or gameplay video of Horizon Zero Dawn, which I don't think we're going to get. They just announced the delay. They, they're, they're still dealing with, even though they've gone back and reversed course on the upgrade, you know, fiasco that that was. I wonder if, like, it's going to tie into, uh-oh, are we losing internet? Why? I don't know. That internet dropped really quick, so I hope we're still good. We still good? 
We still live? The little thing went from green to red, and that's not good when it goes green to red, because that usually means your internet's taking a shit. But it looks like we're still live. Looks like we're still good? We did. Okay, can't saw it. Yeah, it skipped. God, charter don't fuck up tonight. All right, appreciate that. Appreciate back, that. Back, back now. All right, we're back now. Anyways, so we've been looking at, like, some of the freezing like crazy for me. Hopefully it's cleared up now. Um, lost you for a second. Yeah, Tricky said we were down. Yeah, that thing, I noticed it froze, and then I seen that red box. I'm like, that's not good. Red means stop, not go. But now it's green, so we're good. Like like Josh, he likes green. Jay Hill loves green. He does. He does. So we sat down. We're like, all right, dude, let's figure out what the fuck. Oh, man, it's skipping again. Why is it skipping? It's saying encoding overload. What the fuck are you talking about? Sorry, guys. I don't know why it's skipping. It's Twitch, it, not the internet? It's Twitch, not the internet. Okay, well, I don't know, man. Like my, Even my OBS is like going crazy. It dropped to audio only, and it worked. It really did. God bless you, OBS, even though you're acting a fool right now. Still freezing. All right, well, we're going to try to tough it out. You guys, See, it froze well, again. Well, we'll, we'll just we'll, – we'll, I'm in an awesome face We'll talk through there. it for a minute. We'll talk through it for a minute. Let, we'll me, see what's, sure. let me see what else is um, going on. Can we on. get an update on the weather in the area? Is there storms running through here oh, again? dude, see, this is some bullshit right what's here. That? What's up? Oh, man, my fucking – um. Yeah, Forge. My uh, – what is that? Router? No, what is your security? Whatever that shit is, your internet security, your computer security, it's running an update right now. It's like, hey, man, we're going to update your shit right now. So I apologize, you guys and girls. It might skip until that update is done. Bear with us. I don't Everybody know. I'm fine here. Everyone says it's fine. Let's, well, hey, it's probably going to skip a couple times just because my PC sucks. Anyways, back on track here. We are going to talk about <laughs> some of the things that we're hoping to see. Some predictions based on information that we've been seeing online. There's been a dude. There's been so many fucking leaks this week. Well, I'm going to go leaks. Well, wait. Before we get into that, I just want to say Uh-oh. real quick. Oh, Sony, get your shit together with this fucking like upgrading shit and the save stuff and all the bullshit. Yeah, that's listen. A Xbox figured it out. Smart delivery. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, stop a- fucking around with it for mm-hmm. fuck's sake. You can't get enough PS5. I mean, listen, we've seen the numbers. PS5 sold actually incredibly well at a faster pace in the middle of a pandemic somehow. But, um, of course, nobody else has seen them because everybody's been scalping them. But literally, like, when it comes, there's still 110-plus million people out there with PS4s that are still using them. Figure this shit out. Like, that, there's no excuse for that. And It's in the hands of developers. Fuck that. No, no. Like, they, 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 they came back in reverse course. They said, look, going forward, I, this one's going to have yes. a free upgrade. And then going forward, it's going to be a $10 upgrade. Now, look, is it the same? Is it is as smart as smart delivery? Absolutely not. But at least now the precedence has been set. There is a precedence. There's no set. more bullshit. Look, dude, at the end of the day, if, they, if, if, if I'm actually, you know, it doesn't affect me because I don't have a PS4. So I don't have to deal with the bullshit, but a lot of people do have to deal with the bullshit, and they do need to streamline things a little bit better. Obviously, smart delivery is a great idea. At the end of the day, they're a business. They're going to do what they need to do in order to you know, line those pockets. It's a business. If you don't like it, don't buy PlayStation. It's really that simple. I mean, vote with your wallet. I mean, it was really cool. Though. I mean, everyone came out and said, look, man, this practice you guys did, this shit you were doing is fucking wrong. And immediately they were like, okay. Even Jim Ryan yeah. Jim Ryan woke up from his one o'clock nap and said, okay, we're sorry. So, bitch enough, so voice your opinion, changes will happen. But I'm content with this. If I, if I were to have a PS4 and I bought a game, 
I'll pay ten dollars for an upgrade. That's perfectly fine. But I, I, I'm just saying, like prior to that, like that, that discussion shouldn't even got there. Oh yeah, they. I mean, they they obviously fucked that up from the start, dude. Well, I mean, every time they post something like, okay, here's the upgrade process, and it was like just bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet. And you're like, okay, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, look, I understand what's going on, but average Joe at the store is going to be like, what version do I have to fucking buy so I can play the PS5 version if I ever find one before 2026? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah, you guys need to streamline your shit. And they're slowly getting there. They've slowly started to figure out the cross-transfer for saves. They've started to figure that out. They're starting to get that streamlined. They just need to really make it a lot easier to upgrade stuff. But they have said it now going forward, any first-party stuff that's on PS4, which it sounded like, dude – Cross-generational stuff. After, um, was it? I think it was uh, Gran Turismo 7, God of War Ragnarok, and something else. I don't think, I think that might have been the end of the cross-gen stuff. I think after 2022, PS4. I would imagine, yeah. Goodbye. They Appreciate it. You, made, you had a good run. They hang on to it for about two years now at this point. So. But, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get past that stuff. Um, also, FYI, we are giving away a $20 gift card. Of your choice on PSN, Xbox Live, eShop, or Steam right now. Exclamation point, enter if you would like a chance to win. We would love for you to enter. We want to give back to you guys and girls. Many of you subscribe to the channel. We want to give back, baby. Get get an eShop card. Download some Mario Kart and play with us some night. You know what, what? What's the game you did you did you pick up WarioWare? I did not yet. That's all right now. Yeah, is it I out know. right now or is out this week? I really don't know. I, I don't I've been, know. I've been fucking your, around with the demo, though. It's one of your fucking most anticipated games in September. You don't know the fuck I, I'm well, Because you're I playing mean, fucking Master Chief and KOTOR. I just got told I had to pay $4,000 for a fucking toilet to flush. So Crash, uh, ask and answer. Did I enter? Man, just told you. You can only enter one time, dude. Otherwise, I would have entered like 600 times. With the gift card on Steam, you can get Fast Phobia and still have five bucks left. Look at that. Check that out. Make sure you enter to win. And I don't. And if I, correct me if I'm wrong, Dungeons. Uh, phasmophobia does not, it's not too demanding on hardware, is it? I mean, over time it's gotten better looking and, be- and better graphics, but it's not like, you know, like a, a top tier thing. Ooh, there it is. Okay. It's done doing its update. Thank I ain't afraid you. of no ghosts. Thank you. Windows for being done. You don't play stupid. the Mario carts. Whatever. Yeah. It's 15 bucks. Okay, cool. Yeah. Enter into win for a chance to win $20. 40 minutes are going to draw a winner. Exclamation point enter. You have to be here to claim it. If you win exclamation point claim. If you win, if you're not here after a minute, somebody else. All right, Tone. Yeah. Let's get to our predictions for the PlayStation Showcase. Oh, and an FYI, tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. On the YouTube channel. I'll be streaming the presentation live. Yeah. We're going to have the presentation up on the screen. Reactions. My fat ass down in the corner with a beer, hoping and praying my first prediction lands. That's right, Canadian, you do. Yeah, just Canadian, you do have to be there. You have to be here. You're <laughs> going to have to stay up for 40 more minutes. What time is it on your end, just Canadian? What is it? I, I mean, well, he's Canadian. So at the worst, he's three hours behind. Three hours behind. Yeah, if, the, not, if he's on the West Coast. Hopefully. Are you saying Mario wrong on purpose, Tone? What are you oh. talking about, Jay Hill? <laughs> he says Mario. Yeah, the Mario brothers, you know, the Mario twins. We've been playing Mario, them since we were Mario, kids. Bro. Both of them like ice cream cones, by the way. 8.48 p.m.? Oh, come on, Canadian. So he's yeah. in Central. Yeah, Central. All right, yeah, you got, you got 40 minutes. Come on, let's go. Let's go, baby. Hang out. You're, are you, like, are you like way in, like, the boonies up there in Canada? Because you're, like, north of Wisconsin. I'm Minnesota. up all night. Of course, I'll be here. That's why I love Just Canadian. Always here, always hanging that's, out. <laughs> that's Appreciate the, that That's support. the rumor, Seriously, Just Canadian. We We've heard you up all night. Oh, my goodness gracious. Giggity. <laughs> all right, Tone. Let's go to you first. Yeah. Your first 
prediction and stay the fuck off mine. I'm totally going to. I'll be pissed if you. He is a hoe. I'm definitely going to say oh, the Tony, You're not talking about Tony. You're talking about Jessica Nadine. Okay. Anyways. Oh, 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 oh. She, or maybe maybe she is talking about you. Take ones the no ones. All right. Uh, honestly, I think tomorrow we are actually going to get a solid. Well, I don't know if a solid, but a lawn dart shot God of War date and trailer. I think we're going to see some something else new. It's been a long time since we've seen like a. We haven't, I don't think, gotten a real big trailer for God of War quite yet for Ragnarok. We haven't gotten shit. Right. We so I think we're going to get that, and I think we're going to get like a target date. Now, if if everything wasn't getting pushed back, I would have said it would come out in like March or the spring, like the last time it came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, I this think you're right. Fall. With Horizon moving into that, that, that spot, I think God of War will come into the spring. Or, Jesus, the, the fall time. I think we're looking at like an October release. Yeah, this is going to be a showcase title for the PlayStation 5. Um, I actually think this is more of a softball bet, dude. I mean, I'm a we tumbling hoe. Uh, th- I think this is a softball uh, prediction. Honestly, I think we're gonna see date. I think we're gonna see a nice. Uh, you say a softball prediction because you didn't say that. I said that before the show. I said that's kind of a softball prediction. Fucking fine, fine. <laughs> dude, we know, we knew, we Play knew ball. God of War was gonna be 2022. Did we? Yes, we did. They talked about prior to this. I'm Many just saying times. we're going to get an actual time frame. Yeah, but you said, like, long shot. Like, it's my long shot later well, on in the show. Well, they might say fall, but we're not going to get, like, October 11th or... Nobody said they want... Nobody said that, though. We said right. fall. Shut this down. We're done tonight, everybody. I'm out of here. <laughs> Fuck this place. This guy's like, man, this is my long move shot. The, move we're going to hear about God of War and move get a trailer. Mic. Holy shit, mic. dude. God. We're Earth getting shattering. We're getting NAC 3, and it comes out in January of this year. I hope we do get NAC 3. NAC is underrated, dude. Shut up. NAC is really underrated. All right, so... Don't talk. Tone, yeah. there's a game, a franchise. You're gonna say that first. That we've talked You're about. You're gonna say that first. Incessantly. You're gonna say that first. Okay, I've talked about it before in the past. Yeah, I know. Multiple times. For Halo, for Xbox, it's all about Halo. Yeah. That's the, that's that that was the baby. That was the multiplayer baby for Xbox. Twenty years, baby. Twenty years. For uh, for myself, 2002, I grabbed myself a copy. SOCOM 2 and it changed my fucking life because along with SOCOM 2 I bought that big ass adapter that you had to plug into the mm-hmm. back of your PS2 HDD. so you could hop online and I do remember this I do vividly dude I left I had just got hired in at my job mm-hmm. and I was in training and I had to be there at 7am 7 a.m. for training. That's the one where you got the Windex and the paper towel because of the nudie booth, right? Yeah, the sque- yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, I was the. Yeah, I can't say what I was, but yeah, it was yeah, gross. I get it. it was horrible. I was in there multiple times after you. It was weird. Just Uh But anyways, so I remember I was in training and I'd be there at seven o'clock, and I stopped at Best Buy after work, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna buy this SOCOM two game, and I'm gonna buy this adapter. I'm gonna go home and try it out." Mm-hmm. So I get home about seven, eight o'clock. Get it set up. I get my AOL situated, my dial-up and everything ready to go. The disc. Dude, I hopped online at like 9 o'clock. And the next thing I know, it is 4.30 in the morning. I'm not, I, dude, I haven't been to this, I haven't been working this place for like two weeks. And I'm like, oh, I have to be to work in literally two hours. Yeah. And I'm up here playing this fucking shit. That was my first time with the all-nighter experience. You know, the all-nighter video game, there's always been one in everyone's lives. Halo was yeah. your guys's, and SOCOM was mine. And Guerrilla Games, we know they have a second team. And for the longest time, I was like, man, I wonder if that second team is working on a Killzone game. Because Killzone was always, was always, was always um, Guerrilla Games. Mm-hmm. 
And then they announced that, you know, I think it was in 2019, Gorilla Games had brought over the uh, creative director of Rainbow Six Siege. And I was like, ooh, that's interesting. That's a tactical shooter. What, what is, is Gorilla Games taking Killzone even more tactical? Believe it or not, Killzone was actually a pretty tactical game. There were some modes in there that were very tactical and required a lot of communication. So I was like, well, that's cool. They brought in the Rainbow Six Siege, guys. Obviously, Zipper Interactive is no longer with us. Rest in peace. They're R. gone. R.E.P. And, you know, so they bring over the Rainbow Six Siege. They bring over multiple other de- uh, um, developers that have worked on shooters, third-person shooters, and all this stuff. They're bringing all these folks in. I'm like, what the fuck are these guys working on? And then in 2019, I remember there was a tweet that went out from Tidix that said, Sony is tossing around the idea of bringing SOCOM back. Which goes hand-in-hand with what Yoshida or Shuhei Yoshida said like 10 years ago. We never really kill off our IPs. Our IPs never die. They might rest dormant 10 years, but they never really die. Rainbow Six Siege has been a massive success in the esports arena. In just general shooters. It is a competitive shooter. It's a big-time seller. It's huge. Mm-hmm. There's room for shooters, team shooters, Overwatch team shooter. You have all these team shooters. It's back, dude. Esports is huge right now. A third-person SOCOM with the objective-based <clears throat> modes that that series was known for would be huge right now. Mm-hmm. So, Guerrilla Games. They under, and, and here's the other thing. Just the other day, Killzone.com, their forums and whatnot, went offline. They're not bringing it back. So if they're not bringing back Killzone.com, that tells me that franchise might be dead, which sucks. Killzone 3 was great. Killzone 2 was great. I didn't really care for Shadowfall. The dude, I want Rainbow Rainbow Vegas back. I do too. Rainbow Six Vegas was dope. We all do. Rainbow Six Vegas was fucking dope. Calypso Casino might be one of the best online maps ever created. Dude. We all want that back. I remember when I first fired up that game and I was like rappelling down the side of the casino. Dude. While my other squad mates were going down the elevator shaft in the middle of the casino. I was like, this is fucking Dude. awesome. Posting upside the doors and just looking at the machines. And just yes. Because you went to that. Like, cause what, you went it to was, the third, the, that third person. Wasn't moment. it first person? And, yeah, but then you went to the third when you wanted to cover. Yeah, yes. Dude, it was fucking dope as shit. Yes. Uh, uh, Ghost Recon was that all? Uh, Advanced Warfare. Oh yeah, those. Are that was another games. really really good series. Um, Ghost Recon. Um, Future Soldier was criminally underrated. Very criminally underrated. Anyways, I, I digress. I'm going to say that tomorrow, Guerrilla Games, because Horizon Zero, uh, uh, Forbidden West has been delayed, and there's still rumors that PlayStation is going to do some kind of a PlayStation experience at the end of the year, like they used to. I feel like if they brought out Guerrilla Games right now with the delay and with the upgrade shit that went on right now, I feel like give it a few months, bring it back out closer to launch at the PlayStation Experience. If that is happening, bring out Guerrilla Games tomorrow, and they're going to say, look, here's what we've been working on. And the rumors are true. We're bringing back SOCOM. We brought in all these people who know fucking tactical shooters. Let's bring it back. Rumors were swirling that Sony was tossing around the idea. Guerrilla Games is more than capable of handling shooters. They brought in all the talent necessary to create one. Tomorrow, sometime after 4 p.m., live on YouTube, I predict I will lose my fucking shit live when Sony finally announces the return of SOCOM. But it's really just kill zone tactical. I will be pissed. mildly pissed. Mm-hmm. I do like kill zone, but I will be pretty pissed. It's time, baby. 
SOCOM has a place in the world right now. Let's go. I think the bot for the command should be Nick Cage. I agree. Nick Cage should just do whatever he wants. Vegas, Vegas 2 uh, were the best shooters I ever played. They were really good, man. They were really fucking good. A lot of time. You know what I used to like about Vegas 2 is um, when you were wearing your headset, and if you were in the third-person yeah, cover and you were talking, your guy's mouth would move. Yeah, your guy's or girl's mouth would move. I thought that was, like, the coolest you could do the, thing. You could do the, the camera scans on them, too, and make yourself in the game. Yes. Yes. I remember, yeah. The, <laughs> and it didn't work for shit. It was a horrific transfer right, right, right. of your face. Yeah. You could use, what was it? The PlayStation Eye. Yeah. And <laughs> Xbox, it was the uh, – man, it was before the Kinect. It was the camera. I don't remember what that <laughs> – just, the, like, the, the little web camera. Yeah. You used to be able to put your face right in the game. It didn't look anything like you. No. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say we're gonna see we're gonna finally see SOCOM tomorrow, and I'm going to lose my shit live, and um, I can't wait. It's gonna lose shit live. Can't wait, or I'm gonna ball. Four p.m. Eastern time, the Banter Babble YouTube channel. Be here to watch him cry because we'll be it's not live really for a live reaction to the PlayStation Showcase. All right, Tone, number two for you, SOCOM dude. Number two. two prediction for you after your long shot. Uh, well, um, this now see this is funny. This is one of your predictions. This is my long shot. Yeah, I think we're actually probably going to good chance. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumors and things going around with this, but I think we're finally going to see a Resistance reboot or a trilogy remaster. Get the fuck out of here! That's mine. Get the hell out of here! Get out of here! Go, go with what you're going to go with. No, I said it, dude. You're a scumbag. That's <laughs> mine. That's uh, no. mine. Uh, Blue Box. Uh, we're finally going to get some information on what Blue Box is. I still think it's, you think. Uh, yeah, you. Th- I, I'm still fully invested in that. This is a Kojima joint involved his hands are in it um it, it's a it's a it's a complete smoke and mirrors i know we talked about it a, a month dude, or there's so just ago. too many coincidences it's just i'm dude. telling you i don't even care at this point if kojima's not involved mm-hmm. there has to be more to this you do not create a fucking app that's none of it man and it's, all you don't have a prologue playthrough for a fucking small ass indie game right. there is more going on here i'm, I'm beyond the coincidence thing right there's it, no it's, way it's legitimately going to be some form. I think we're going to see because they've had such a flub getting out to this point, and mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's even real. That might even just be bullshit. See, that's why, they I, might that's be why I feel like it's Zen my. Too. That's why I feel like it's my long shot because yeah. they have come out multiple times, and like the last couple times, it's just like, man, I really think maybe they might be in over their heads. Maybe this is really going to be a shit show. But that's my long shot. I know, and, and it just makes sense. This would be a perfect spot for them to come on and make look. Okay, here's what we're really doing. Because they've dragged this on for what quite a while. I feel like every time yeah. something comes off from that studio, whether it's the <clears throat> app or even a fucking tweet, right. the world is set on fire. Like the buzz is there. Like you've got all these people talking about it. You're like, what is going on right now with this fucking studio? Yeah, and that that creates hype. That creates attention. I'm telling you, they're. I still think they're doing a bit. I even think that some of the issues are part of the bit. It's possible, but there's a lot. There's too much things oh there's on. way too much there's too much things going on man come on there's way too much yeah, going we're on good. That, that's what i'm saying so blue box we're gonna get some more information on that uh it should be i don't know if it's gonna be a big kojima reveal with it quite yet but i definitely think we're gonna get uh we're gonna get some hopefully some more pieces of that puzzle tomorrow interesting mm-hmm. uh just Canadian says the best large-scale map shooter bad company bad company too absolutely agree those are the best battlefield games i ever played mm-hmm Bad company, but they had awesome single player campaigns. Those were fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And the maps, that's, I feel like Battle Camp it was a bad company one where they introduced the Frostbite and all the destructible environments. Was that one I of the first two. games? Was it Bad Company 2? I want to say Bad Company 2. It was one Frostbite. of those games that came out, and that's when they had like the destructible, like you could blow everything to shit. Like I was like, oh wow, this is actually the Frostbite. It's fucking nuts. Yes. Okay. I thought so. Canadian. I remember that was one of the, go- one of those two games. 
was one where you could like blow everything up, and it was fucking nuts. Uh, my next prediction is, um, look, it was when Sony announced that they um were they were uh, acquiring um the Returnal developer. Her, uh, God, it's Blue Point. The, no, the other one, uh, Returnal. They did Resogun. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they bought that developer. And at the same time that they put out, like Sony's been putting out these tweets of these, 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 these pictures, these art, these graphic designs that shows PlayStation Studios and the developer they're buying. And so when the Return of Developer was bought, everyone was like, "Oh shit, that's cool, that's great, that's that's good. They need to be bought because they're a good studio." But Sony Japan put out a tweet <laughs> that said, uh, "Sony's uh, PlayStation Studios and Blue Point," and quickly deleted it. And everyone was like, whoa, wait a minute. What, what the fuck? You guys, they're buying Bluepoint? And immediately Bluepoint was like, no, 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 no. We're independent. We're independent. We're not being bought by anybody. Housemark. Oh, thank you, you Cuddles. There, I knew it was a fucking age, man. That's why I said, too. Age. You wouldn't listen to me. Housemark. Yes, they bought Housemark. So that same day, Sony Japan put out a tweet that said Bluepoint and Sony. And I was like, what? No way. And then they pulled it back. Like, no, we fucked up. You don't have that art ready to go. All stylized and everything. They had, like, the Sony Studios... A picture where it has all the slices where it shows different like games from those studios. They had one with Demon Souls because that's what Blue Point made. You don't spend all this time creating this art right. to be like, oh whoops, no, we, we didn't realize we weren't buying Blue Point. Tomorrow they're going to announce that they have acquired Blue Point and they're going to announce that Blue Point is actually going to remake Metal Gear Solid. There's been enough rumors swirling that Blue Point or somebody is remaking uh, Metal Gear Solid. Blue Point is making that game. And we got to think, I got to think and hope that Kojima-san is going to be producing or somewhere on Kojima-san there. has to be somewhere involved. The stream elements message has tones Twitch. You can click on the link, but can't click on it. Yeah, because he put he, he he typed it in and fucked it up. There's like there's a spot there where it doesn't translate over because he wants everyone to go to his channel, but not mine. Absolutely. He's a scumbag. That guy, again, don't ever trust him. He's a scumbag. True. But I appreciate you trying to click on my link, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go. Blue Point uh, acquisition is gonna be announced, and they're going to be they're gonna announce it because they're gonna let them know, hey, look, we're remaking, um, we're doing a remake of Metal Gear Solid, which would be fucking dope. I love Metal Gear Solid. Have you ever played it? I have. Back Weird. In the day. I know you played them kind of games. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't play whatever weak ass shit you play. I don't play Kotor. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dork. Grandpa of the modern day Western style RPG. That is you, for so sure. Shut your mouth. Uh, any other predictions? Um, I already said the other one, so no, go ahead and I ruined it for you. So, uh, uh, my other prediction is, um, I think tomorrow we will get a. This is kind of a long shot, but I would love to see it, a, either a Resistance reboot or the trilogy remastered. I, I the the reboot is is kind of a far fetched one because I know they're obviously working on more Spider Man. Uh, that's Insomniac's bread uh, bread and butter right now is, is Spider Man, uh, but it won't take a huge team to just either remaster or port over the Resistance series to the PlayStation Five because it is such an incredible series. Resistance one and two were great games, but three was fucking amazing. Three was really good, and I would love to see another Resistance game or at least the trilogy remastered. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I think Spider-Man 2 is a no-brainer. I mean, that's a no-brainer. That's going to come from Insomniac. That's why I don't know if it would be a full-on reboot of Resistance, even though I would love to see them start that franchise over again or, or start it up again and build on that universe. I would happily take a Resistance remaster, 
get it running at 60 frames, make it look beautiful. I'd be hype as fuck for that. You know, I never played the the series, so I'm really interested. And at least a trilogy remastered, I do want to play it. I know it depends on who you talk to about the game. A lot of people said, you know, like you know, Hayes was supposed to be the Halo killer. This is supposed to be their answer. You know, they're they're single. Hayes. Yeah, this is supposed to be their answer to Halo Two. You know, Halo yeah. as well. You know, um, and it never really panned out, but. Um, it always sounded like that the 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 more the series continued, the better it got, and there yeah. are people that really did enjoy that. But it was also a four player shooter at one point too, wasn't it? I believe the third one. Two? Well, no, it was the online was multiplayer. There was like I thought, I thought you could do like a four player co op through the through the campaign. There was a, yeah, there was a co op in the campaign, or they might have been like goofy missions that you could run. I thought the first one was full on it. Well, at least it was two. Like right. I, yeah, but e- either way, like. That would be a fun game for two to four people play, you know, like I a series. I just revisit, man. It was an awesome universe. It was an awesome universe. The story was fucking sweet. It was like this alternate history timeline. Yeah. And it was really fucking good. Like, yeah. it was really good. Engaging stuff. <laughs> but the third one was like the best writing that Insomnia I did in that series. Like, it was, the third one was fucking well, great. Well, I think now is a good time, too, because, like, that came out on PS3, and the PS3 sales comparatively to 360 that gen didn't do as great. Right. So it also made it so people like me who played mostly on 360 that gen yep. didn't even really care, get eyes on the resistance. Now that the last couple of Psychos, Sony has, for the most part, been kind of leading that way. It's It's a good time to bring that back, and people, like, it's just like when people played, like, God of War for the first time on PS4 you know four and they didn't really play it a whole lot prior to that right uh, you know like those games sometimes being be able to come back to them and giving other people that just either was playing elsewhere or didn't get a chance to get them now is a good time for that uh and there's a lot of first person shooters out there consistently but there's not always ones that build like some form of unique story that had some at one point lasting appeal and see honestly i mean yeah there's a lot of first person shooters out there absolutely but there's not sony hasn't had a big time first person shooter in their catalog they have titles. stayed away from shooters Dude, like honestly, that for Kills a while Shadowfall is the last time we got it wasn't it was very subpar like yeah. there, it looked it looked beautiful it looked good and it had some but like the mechanics with the the d-pad were interesting but there was no radar it was, it was a weak ass story yep, it was a very they tried story. to add platforming elements to it like in some sections it was really it was just okay uh-huh. yeah i think you're right i think they were trying to utilize everything the system could do yeah, and, and showcase up but yeah it was the weakest entry even though i know there's a lot of people that love the multiplayer in that one i thought the kill the kill zone 3 multiplayer was like the pinnacle for that series um so i would love to see them uh at least do a remaster of the trilogy but you love it even more if they did a reboot, but I think with their focus being on Spider-Man and whatever else they're working on, I don't know if, if, a, if a full-on reboot would be in the cards. Funny random story about Killzone 2. When I was working at GameStop, I had heard rumor from a customer that one of the Meyer in town here uh, sold Killzone 2 and broke Street Day, and <laughs> I had I went and bought a copy of it mm-hmm. and sent pictures to my DM to prove it, and at that point, because they had broke Street Day, you guys did they too? gave us precedence to break Street Day on that game. Oh, yeah, you got to get it on those sales, baby. I, yeah. I thought Killzone 2 and 3 were, were really, really good stories. I love the yeah. stories in Killzone 2 and 3. They were really fucking good. Killzone 1 was trash. I didn't like the, mm. I didn't like the first one. That was supposed to be a Halo killer, too, was, uh, was the first Killzone. And that did not live up to that at all. Very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my, my long shot one is, is I do think, yeah, Blue Box will be here in some form. Will uh, Aran Karam be there or... <laughs> Will be somebody else. We'll I just see. feel like, man, as as goofy as the shit has been later on in this whole weird thing with them, there's just way too many coincidences. There's way too. I mean, if you go back, if you go on to Reddit and read all the coincidences that people have found, there's just no fucking way. There's no way this isn't something huge. 
You don't when all your first party games don't have their own app to host trailers. <laughs> I'm just saying and gameplay and demos. Yeah, something is up. Something is up. So they, whatever this this alternate reality game is, they're doing to build up to this. It's working. There's a lot of buzz every time something happens with Blue Box Studios. There's a lot of buzz that's generated. People in the gaming industry, journalists, gamers, everybody on Twitter goes fucking nuts because they want to know what the fuck is this. Yeah, game. everybody does the fucking like comparisons to all these oh, different yeah. photos. It's like it's everybody. Everybody's a fucking detective. It's something funny. is going on something with you, Blue Box. Either that or it's just going to be a shit game. Who knows? Potentially. But, uh, yeah, those are our predictions. Uh, Again, tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, right over on our YouTube channel. We'll send out the link on Twitch or on Twitter. We'll put the link in uh, Discord. We'll be live at 4 o'clock. It'll be a really good time. And if they announce SOCOM, you might watch me stroke out. Hey, uh, Cuddles, if you get a chance, I know we sometimes the the social media stuff might have it into the link tree or something, but... If you get a chance, maybe a link that YouTube. Yeah, the YouTube channel. That'd be that'd be fantastic. You would please and thank you. All right, Tone. Yeah, yeah. It's trailer time. I'm really excited about this. There are trailer some time. trailers here that we're really excited to talk about. One of them that I couldn't believe. This is just a teaser. The full-on trailer drops tomorrow, but yesterday uh, they announced they released the teaser trailer for The Matrix Resurrections. We got a teaser trailer, and immediately it was up in the chat and Signal, and, and, and Prime was like, "Oh man, you guys gotta check this out." And immediately I was like, "Tone, no, don't watch it." Yeah, don't watch it. We're gonna watch it right now. This is your first time, but first, before we get to me, I'm gonna make you wait. We're gonna start with two other trailers you first, because I'm a son of a bitch. First up, this was released today: the trailer for Injustice, Injustice movie, coming out next month. Let's take a look at. The Injustice movie. Did trailer. I miss this being announced somewhere earlier on? I have no idea. Shut okay. the fuck up and watch this. There you go. Click on that link. Follow us on YouTube. We'll be live 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Okay. Rated R. Well, so the Injustice, that's following, I believe, the second to game storyline, it sounds like, which is actually pretty cool. Listen, the the Inju- and I'm as not somebody who's always huge into DC and love like Mortal Kombat games, Injustice games are never as fun as Mortal Kombat, but they are fun games. I really, I actually like the first one better than the second one. That looked really cool. I thought Kevin Pollock sounded good as a Joker. I like, couldn't believe that was Kevin Pollock. You know he does Kevin impressions, Pollock right? Of Willow. You know he does impressions. Kevin shit, Pollock right? of yeah. Willow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the little rat guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, did you know he does impressions? Dude, I didn't know like that, that until today. When I started looking, I was like, Kevin Pollock is the Joker. And yeah, then dude, I, and then he he does, like, it was some... like impression, like Kevin Pollock does. It. Dude, I was like, oh, he's okay. pretty. He's pretty funny. Uh, I think he's been on like Conan or something yes. numerous times. Um, he always does some funny shit. Dude's hilarious. Um, but that looked really cool. I think that's really exciting. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a rated R DC cartoon. Rated like, R DC cartoon. Fuck it, let's go. I'm in. That looked really cool. I'll definitely be enjoying that. For we sure. got uh, Jillian Jacobs as Harley Quinn. Mm. Uh, Laura Bailey as Lois Lane. Laura Bailey was um, Abby in uh, The Last of Us. Oh yeah, she was amazing yeah, she as was Abby. Amazing that, so yeah. she is really really good. Anson Mount as Batman. Kevin Pollock as the Joker, and Justin Hartley. As Superman. 
So very talented cast. Again, his walking is on point, actually. I was kidding. Kevin Pollock. No, or does he do a Christopher Walken? Actually, I do remember seeing Chris. I didn't watch it, but I did see he does a. Uh, I think he does a, a Columbo, too. That's really good. He does Columbo? I think he does, yeah. Ooh, what's that guy? Peter Fall. Peter Falk? Peter Falk, is that what his name yeah. is? Yeah, 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 yeah. They should have tried creating a main character that's completely new to the DC universe and has never been in a video game. <laughs> Bring in Cole! <laughs> But uh, Injustice movie drops on October 19th on digital and Blu-ray. Are you going to be picking this up? It won't be on HBO. I don't believe so. I want my money back. My, my fucking money uh, back. Yes, I will be picking this up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll definitely be picking this up, folks. No, I thought that was a dope trailer, man. You, you weren't kidding. Like, when I was listening, I was like, damn, that's a fucking... At first, I was like, oh, they got Mark Hamill as the Joker. And then when I looked up, I was like, what? Kevin Pollack? Well, I certainly didn't think that, but yeah, definitely Kevin Pollack uh, sounded pretty good as Joker. No, he was he was Coel. Uh, Coel. Coel. <laughs> Cole Trickle. Yeah, there that's you pretty go. uh pretty funny. Coel. I wrote that joke for him, by the way. So you're yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> not gonna give him credit for that one. Absolutely not. That is so rude. No, that was a dope trailer. I think mm-hmm. that looks really good. And the fact that it's rated R, I'll be checking this out. Those uh those superhero things, anything that are rated R, are all the crave these days. So all right. One trailer down, yes. one more to go, and then we get to your baby. But this next one comes from uh, Roland Emmerich, the master of uh, catastrophe. All he does is uh, the end of the world. You would know his work if you've seen Independence Day, The Day After Tomorrow, 2012, and countless others end of the world movies. Let's check out the trailer. Get excited for Moonfall. Listen, I'm open to some sci-fi things, so I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Don't get me wrong. Because, I mean, graphically, like, let's be honest, it looked pretty fucking cool. Oh, like, I mean, me well, the thing is, like, Roland Emmerich spends all of his money on special effects no and zero story, on writing. Right? Zero on writing. Uh, this looks just like... Dude, it looks like Independence Day Resurgence mixed with 2012, mixed with The Day After Tomorrow. How much did you hate Resurgence? Uh, I, I it, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. And that, but the thing that sucks about Resurgence is they brought back so many side characters from the first one. I was like, oh, cool. That guy was a, was a fucking random scientist in the first one. They brought him back. He's got more lines and he can't, clearly can't act. But I was like, man, they actually brought back some of these like more obscure characters from the first mm-hmm. one. I was like, I could recognize. Like, I remember this dude. I remember this mm-hmm. chick. And I was like, they made an effort to like kind of like bring everyone back. But that movie was fucking trash. That was a really, really bad movie. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, it is Halle Berry. This stars uh, Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, Michael Pena, uh, Donald Sutherland, He's the old man, and John Bradley, Samuel Tarley himself from Game of Thrones, is there one is. of the astronauts with Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson. Yeah, you can see there's Halle Berry. Move over so you can see Sam. There's Sam, and that's Patrick Wilson. Uh, good cast. I'm just I no no Nick Cage. I mean he might be a cameo. Maybe he well here. Hopefully look. he started the moon falling. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit and sends it hurtling at Earth. NASA has mere weeks to figure this shit out. He has e- he is either the mysterious force or he's like the Billy Bob Thornton character at NASA. Like that was an Armageddon. He's right. like he's he's like the one running the missions. He wanted he to be up there, but you know he can't. Yeah, he can't because his knee hurts or his leg hurts he's, or he's, he's his foot. He's, yeah, yeah, he can't go anywhere. Uh, if Nick Cage isn't in this movie, if Nick Cage is in this movie, it'll be a full ten. 
It's true. He'll make up for the right. He could be the moon. <laughs> he just the backside of the moon just turns on as Nick Cage's face. <laughs> what if what if what if like the moon falls out of orbit because of Nick Cage's gravity on Earth Ooh. pulling it down? It's not a movie until Michael Pena shows up. I like Michael Pena. Yeah, like I said, good fun. cast, but my expectations for story are way down here. A little low on the knob. You don't go to Roland Emmerich movie for like writing. You're going there to watch everything get blown up real good. Was 2012 the one where Woody Harrelson was at Yellowstone and it blew up because of the super volcano that's under that? I believe so. That was John Cusack, right? Yeah, that was John Cusack flick, yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty. That that part was cool. That was about it. Yeah, actually, yeah, he's yeah, because Woody, Woody Harrelson is like the, cons- the he's guy. a conspiracy theorist guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they say the super volcano under Yellowstone and it yeah, actually blows yeah, up. Yeah, it's yeah. He's just he's like like I said, you're you're not going there for logic. Uh, you're going there to watch just shit blow up. We watching the Leo trailer on Netflix today. Don't know what that is. Oh, he's got a new a new movie. He's got that movie with um, is it? It's not Kate Blanchett. Leo. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. oh no, it's Jennifer Lawrence. It's Leonardo DiCaprio J-Lo? and J Lo are in a movie J-Lo. on um on Netflix. I do remember that. That was like when they showed that trailer of all the movies coming out this this summer oh. on Netflix. That was like the last big one that showed up was Jennifer Lawrence and um Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't even think anyone is going to a Roland Emmerich movie. Uh, I mean. My parents, they're real big popcorn flicks. My my dad will watch any. I, I'll watch anything sci-fi as well too. But like, Carlos <laughs> says, hopefully all these astronauts worked on oil rigs the week before. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing, I love I love I heard about Armageddon was uh, uh, Ben Affleck uh, during production, like during filming, stopped something and said and asked Michael Bay, wouldn't it be easier for them to treat or train astronauts to dig? As opposed to taking oil rig guys and trying to train them to be astronauts. And Michael Bay goes, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) We're not here for common sense in a Michael Bay movie. Um, I thought that story was hilarious. He just said, hey, man, shut the fuck up. We're moving on. All right, Tone. Teaser. Are you ready? Are you? I'm ready. Sure. You sure? Yeah. All right. The teaser for NAC 3. Here we go. No, this is it, Tone. Yesterday, we found out we got yeah. a teaser trailer for Matrix Resurrections, mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. know tomorrow we will get the official trailer. 9 a.m. But let's, is it 9 a.m. Eastern time? Yeah, it might Pacific be time? Pacific. I'm so guessing it it's probably noon. noon yeah. Ooh, probably lunchtime, noon. I can watch lunchtime it. Lunchtime affair, there you go. But let's check out the teaser, Tone. This is your first time seeing it. I bet his nipples get hard. Oh, yeah. Mine got hard. I'm All three of them. I'm a hard fan like him. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, it's not enough. Not enough. It's not enough. I didn't know John Wick was in this movie, though. That's really weird. <laughs> Do you think that they were like, look, man, I can't cut my hair, so I'm just going to rock the John Wick look in your movies? Is that cool? They actually, if, you know, they he does eventually end up bald in the movie. They showed that even in the clip. Briefly. Yeah, but I mean, this is John Wick. Here. I mean, yeah, it's definitely him is looking like crossover? John Wick. Is this a crossover with John Whoa. Wick? Whoa. Whoa. Uh, now look, and my understanding is, you know, Blanco said seven oh three. Uh, my set, mine said eight eighteen. My understanding is there's a lot of a lot of teaser trailers out there, a lot of them, all popping up at different spots on their website. That would be sweet. That's pretty sweet marketing. There's a lot. I mean, they are they, they know what they're doing with this shit. Well, yeah, and like, listen, I know there's jokes about Arkenrath comes in here and farts in the room as he always does, but <laughs> you know, um. If we haven't talked a lot about Matrix on here before, I'm just going to give you a brief, brief summary. Is like, 
I'm one of probably 10 people in the world that is a Matrix super fan. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a Matrix expert, but I would say that I've spent more times talking about Matrix than I have many other different mythos as well, too. Um, I've talked a lot about Star Wars. Everybody knows that and probably many other things, but I talk a lot about Matrix. I have been in some very, very lengthy and very, very deep Matrix discussions. Prime Didact's also a huge fan as well, too. Um, and we have another friend uh, lives locally that also is a big fan, and we'll go down some rabbit holes and we'll talk about this. So um, I hold to the fact that uh, all three Matrix movies are fine, and a Matrix is great. The video games, everything they were trying to do back then was ahead of its time, trying to intertwine everything and create... Uh, a humongous mythos that spanned all kinds of different media that we see now, honestly, when it comes to certain video games and certain things. Matter of fact, in the, uh, you know, I know you like talking about it, but like uh, certain things in the Matrix Online that used to be the MMO years ago, Morpheus was killed in a, in a storyline, and that was canon. Lawrence Fishburne is not in this movie. And see, I think that's interesting because I think I'll, I, obviously the super fans would know that mm -hmm. because they played it and maybe sure. even the hardcore fans, but I think anybody that's seen the three movies and didn't even know about the MMO right. were probably just as confused as I was when I was like, whoa, no Lawrence Fishburne in this and no Hugo Weaving? Like, what? Like what's going on? Right. The Hugo Weaving thing is more of uh, an issue with um, scheduling. They weren't able to bring him back. I think it, the plans were to have him in this, but they weren't able to do due to scheduling. That's conflicts. unfortunate. That, and that would make sense. Morpheus not being there also makes sense. But yeah, that, but I didn't know that until you told me. I was like, no, he actually dies in the MMO, and that's considered canon. I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. And then the GameCube game and like the, the Enter the Matrix, the PS2 oh, GameCube game. Just Canadian one. Just Canadian. Oh, point. shit. There we go. Sweet, sweet, sweet. There you go. So now to claim that, we're going to do a trade. We're going to want some of the local maple syrup as well. Yeah, send some maple syrup, and we'll give you your codes. Yes. Small. It's a small contingency way to add in there, just because you won. True, true. Um, but yeah, Enter the Matrix was pretty sweet. Um, you could do some DOS commands at the beginning of it and play around with actual DOS. DOS was built into the game. Oh, really? So you could fuck around. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that shit. But um, listen, I know it's one of those things with anything when you're you know rebooting an old franchise and right. bringing it back. Now, I'm not saying the Wachowskis past is always 100 thumbs up i do think certain things like speed racer was a little underrated got a lot of hate i didn't hate the movie um bound is an amazing movie if you've never seen bound it's pretty uh pretty if you're a jennifer tilly fan or gina gershom definitely suggest watching pretty it pretty fan but, of both uh yes uh talented <laughs> me too <laughs> but uh um yes uh, i'm really excited for this i didn't think this would ever come true this would ever happen again um, it's unfortunate that only one of the Wachowskis are involved. I believe the two of them had a falling out. And I think, actually, I was reading recently that, I don't know, was it Lena? Um, when their parents died, there was a lot going on, and she just couldn't emotionally bring herself back into this. She is directing this. Lena is. So, 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 so it's her sister then. Sister, okay. Okay, so um, whatever. But um, I'm really excited for it because, th listen, the thing about The Matrix that makes it unique compared to a lot of other things is that they have a lot of doors that they could go and a lot of directions they could go with this. Mm -hmm. It's really one of those things where they have, you know, just so much possibilities. And, I mean, you're telling me there's, hundred, let's say, 100 trailers out there with different time frames out there, right? Mm -hmm. That's I mean, and now we're, we're so far forward from the Internet and how, how it's grown and how it's connected everybody. Like, that's how you would want to do marketing now with the Matrix. Oh, absolutely. Do, do crazy weird shit like that. and. Uh, again, I, again, 
I could talk about Matrix all night. So I'm very excited about this. When this comes out in December, you can damn well bet I'm going to watch it two or three times, and there's going to be some lengthy discussions whether or not they're like opening up another trilogy, where it's going, where it's coming from, how is Neo here, why is Neo here, all that stuff. When? When is when Neo? Is now, Neo do we know? There? Is this an actual sequel, or is this? I mean, obviously, is that the? It is a sequel. It is. A sequel. It, is it is. It's called Matrix Four, by the way. So it is. It is a the Matrix Four Resurrections. Right. Okay. And if you've noticed, of course, the R continues as well too. Oh yeah, it does. Was what was it reloaded? Reloaded. Remixed. What was the third one? You know, don't you're trolling me right no, now. I really, I don't, I don't remember the third. Reloaded. Oh, reloaded. And. Rearmed. I don't know. Well, you don't even fucking know, and you're right. a super fan. Yeah, I know. I'm drawing a, com- <laughs> drawing a complete blank. So I was trying to draw it out of you. I you was trying fucking to be like, suck. I was, I was trying to fuck with you. I'm like, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Uh, if it's reloaded, shit, rearmed. No, what is it? God damn it! It's gonna piss me off. Reimagined. Um, fuck. Nobody cares because they suck. It's terrible. Resolution. Bro. God damn it! It's gonna well, piss I think me off. Revolu- Re- Revelations. Revelations. There you go. Revelations. Jesus. Yeah, fuck me. Die hard, the- fucking guy. F- I know, right? Fuck me in the goddess. <laughs> 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 Matrix Three, knack. Okay, yeah, cool. Very excited. No, I know. I know you're super excited for that. Uh, tomorrow, one of uh, ten either people, either nine p.m. or nine a.m. Eastern or n- noon, we will get the official full-on trailer for Matrix Four Resurrections. I know. You hyped or what, dude? I'm I'm very excited for an actual full-on trailer because I listen. I I know Neil Patrick Harris is in it. I know. Yes, we have we have uh, Keanu Reeves, Jessica Henwick, Christina Ricci. Carrie Ann Moss, MPH, and Jada Pickett. See, Jada Pickett Smith being doesn't it doesn't make sense either. Oh, like, really? Jada Pickett Smith? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I thought she died as well too. Man, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so confused. I just yeah. I, he like, wants again, answers. Damn it. I do. I do. And like again, there's there's so many possibilities that go with this. Hopefully, at the end of this one, like the screen goes dark, and all of a sudden you hear, "What if I told you?" And it's Morpheus's voice. Wouldn't that be dope? That would be pretty cool, but he's That'd dead. Be fucking sweet. <sighs> Nobody wants Morpheus to be dead. Morpheus is fucking awesome. How you doing? Moving you good? On, going. All right, all right. Moving on. We got some movie reviews. This movie came out on August 6th. We're a little late getting to it, but we I, I finally watched it this weekend. Matrix 3, the refunding. <laughs> Come on, that's probably his. Dude, that's his best joke ever in this stream. Dude, we, we're on episode 54. That is the best thing Arkenrath has ever said. By far. I don't even know who that is. By far his best material. I didn't see anything. Is that that in was the chat? Somebody put great. something in the chat? That was great. Yes. I'm, I'm, you're a fucking... I'm giving you a sub for life. You are... That was really good. Sub on these nuts. Sub on these nuts. Man, that, see, that's why his content's better than yours. It's more uh, highbrow. Yours is disgusting. All right, Tone. Let's talk about Val documentary yeah let's do that covering val kilmer available now on amazon prime uh i know you watched it close to when it came out i just got around to watching it this weekend and dude i've always been a val kilmer guy yeah, i too. like val me kilmer too. not only was he like a, a staple in the 80s mm-hmm. as is kind of a badass but he's a good actor like he is yeah. a really good actor with a surprising amount of range you don't expect somebody who was in top gun and real geniuses to uh, real genius to be like uh, a character actor. This guy right. is really talented. He's got a lot, he, and he's got a deep background in it. He's too. got a real deep background in it. And so, basically, what this does is this takes it, it's mm-hmm. a personal look at the career uh, of Val Kilmer. 
his rise to fame, the hardships that he endured during that process, not only in real life, but also as an actor, and then basically how throat cancer and a life-changing uh, tracheostomy permanently like damaged his vocal cords and how it's affected him since then. And, dude, this is – um. It's a surprisingly like heart like wrenching like like experience, dude. It when so his son reads the script, and I thought it was him. I thought it was him. I'm like, oh yeah. shit, he can talk again now. Yeah, his son is it Jack? Uh, I think it was Jack. Yes, sounds just like him. Yeah, when he starts off talking, you're like, oh shit, his voice wild. is man. He's actually sounding pretty good right now. And then he's like, I'm Jack. I'm Val's son. And you're just like, oh shit. And then about five minutes after that, it brings on Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. And he talks, and you're just like, "Oh my god," because Val Kilmer has a very distinguished voice. You can you can always you could always tell when Val Kilmer was talking in a movie. Very distinguished yeah. voice, and I mean, he's talking through a trach, and I mean, it is. It I mean, does. He was yeah. He was fucking Doc Holliday. Yeah, he's Doc Holliday, dude. He was fucking amazing. He was oh, the yeah, Saint. Say when you know. Um, he, he was Batman. But what's what, what's really interesting about this? This documentary. I mean, there's a lot of great... He, dude, this guy was like one of the first people that had the camcorder that documented everything yeah. that he was working on. Like, like he is documenting everything. Like, all, like, the the bat... Like, what, what do they call it? Like, behind the scenes? Behind the scenes. Like, dude, it starts off in a trailer where uh, the, the movie starts off as him, Rick Rozovich, and uh, I can't remember the other actor, the actor that plays one of the, the pilots in Top Gun. And they're just sitting in their trailer, dicking around and stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, this is like... And they're like, fuck Tom Cruise and shit. <laughs> they're just dicking around, but they're making fun of Tom Cruise and stuff. And you're like, man, this is some crazy shit. Dude, when I saw young Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn, I'm yeah, like, Kevin oh, Bacon and Sean... At Juilliard? Shit. Yeah. Was that Juilliard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Kevin yeah. Bacon and Sean Penn at yeah. Juilliard. You're like, whoa, dude. Yeah, and Kevin's like, what are you doing over there? And he's like, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> I'm just like... What the fuck? Yeah, it was. It's it, dude. Some of the footage he has, you see somebody. Uh, you see Tim Robbins just walking around on the set of Top Gun before he becomes a big time actor. He's Merlin. He's Merlin. And a lot yeah. of people forget that he's Merlin in Top Gun. And um, you know, there's a lot of great retro footage, not only from some of the older movies like Top Secret, his first movie, Top Gun, but you also get some stuff behind the scenes with Tombstone, Batman Forever, The Island of Doctor Moreau stuff is probably the most compelling stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, we. Uh, you know, going into this, I knew Islander of Dr. Moreau had a lot of, like, production issues, but you kind of get to see it firsthand. You know, locking horns with John Frankenheimer and uh, the the decisions that he made. There was a couple of scenes where not even Marlon Brando he just phoned is in, it in. scene. It's yeah. not even him. It's somebody else yeah. posing as his character. Uh, you know, there's just so much shit in this footage. You're just like, man, I had no idea it was this real on the set of some of these movies. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a great look at the struggles of acting. It's not as simple as just getting up on stage and, and just reading your lines. There's so much that goes into it. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. It not only takes toll on you as a person, it takes a toll on your family. Yeah. That was a really big highlight of that. That was one of the more heartbreaking moments, not only because, you know, Val Kilmer will probably never, ever be able to do much in terms of like acting with his voice, but like his family was basically torn apart. There was a lot of stuff that went there. And then after that is like, and the, and it's at that point in the documentary where I feel like the second half of the movie, you kind of get more of the eccentric Val Kilmer, the eccentric, but artistic. Like you still see this guy wants to produce. 
He wants to make mm-hmm. art. He wants to continue to act and do certain things, whether it's behind the camera. But like the second half of the film, you kind of mm-hmm. see not only like the eccentric Val Kilmer, but the effects of being an actor in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like he just it's 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 a it's a real dark like take. It's it's lighthearted. There's a lot of levity to it. There's some funny <laughs> moments, but there are some legitimate like really heartbreaking moments. In this uh, yeah. in this documentary, from his parents, from his, his own brother, family, his family member, his, his brother, brother dying Jesus, at a young like, age, at such a young age, the divorce he went through, his mom passing, missing his kids while he's filming. Yes, I mean he, a lot of his a lot of the stuff he's overseas, yeah, doing stuff. Um, it was it took a toll. I mean, shit, the island of Doctor Moreau, he was on scene. He was wherever they were filming that when he found out his wife was divorcing him. Yeah, he found out on the news, and then like moment like a little bit later, he got he got the paperwork. So, I mean, he's on set for a movie that's already been in just a rocky production. And like I said, that part of the, the documentary with the footage is wild, man. He gets into like a verbal argument with John Frankenheimer that you're just like, wow. And he's dude. recording it. He's recording it. Like, you're not directly. He set the camcorder down, but he leaves it on. And the argument he's getting into with, the, uh, with, with John Frankenheimer is like, you're like, wow, dude. Well, because he's talking about that the directors aren't being professional as well, too. There's something. There's, so there seems like there's a lot of there, things going on there. And, so, and so, you know, this is, a, this is a Val Kilmer documentary. So you're going to get the Val Kilmer perspective. Right, right. But if you go and do your research, you can re- you find out that Val Kilmer wasn't the most he wasn't the most like workable person to work with you know there was right. some there's a lot of stuff out there he is eccentric he is he's very eccentric and he's he's a perfectionist and he's very talented so i i mean i'm not excusing it but i'm saying i i get it yeah he knows what he wants from a scene he's like every actor does when they when they read the script and they understand the scene like this is how it needs to work mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work that way Doc movie. It's, it's a doc on, movie. It's on Prime. It's, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. It's about it's about an hour and a half. I think you'd li- I think you'd really like it, Jay Hill. It's, it's one of those things where I think you would just kind of like vibe into. But man, it is. It's like when you start to hear him talk. But man, the one thing that I didn't know about that I thought was really cool they explored was his Citizen Twain, his show that he took on the road and was performing in other in theaters across it was the like country. Huge man, he was fucking crushing it. Like yeah. really, and I went and looked Comedic. like it, well received like it was like acclaimed mm-hmm. like he was great he was playing mark twain and he it was like there's all these differences all these skits and stuff and all these like quips and like all this shit that he was doing it was like he is so fucking talented and then once the cancer hit and he had the, the tracheostomy it was just like downhill from there and you're just like man i fucking feel bad for this guy mm-hmm. like i've always been a fan of his dude i've always been a fan of bill kilmer you know they, they talked about you know the the i think it was uh the doors the level of commitment he had to put in, that's the one that really took a toll on his family. It wasn't so much the island of Dr. Uh, Moreau. It was the time and the effort that he put into playing Jim Morrison is the one that really took a toll on his family. And you're just like, fuck, man, this guy was just he's method, really... Man. Yeah, he's a method guy. Absolutely a method guy. And it, it, it took a toll on his family. It took a toll on him. And it just shows that, you know, as glamorous as Hollywood may be, it ruins lives. <laughs> it really does. And if something like cancer shows up, that's how quick it can take that shit away from yeah. you. Because you better believe after you see the Mark Twain bit, this guy had a fucking future still. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's heartbreaking to watch. But man, it, like I said, the first half is one thing, and then the second half, I, I some people might have an issue with it. it, it I don't want to say it drags out, but it's a little bit slower plotting mm-hmm. than the first half. But it is, gives you great insight to that. Even though he doesn't have his voice 
and and cancer has has basically ruined his career in acting. He still wants to create art. Mm-hmm. If it's not, if, if even if it's just through a documentary, or he's he's doing like art in front of him all the time, like making like picture books. Yes, and he's he's expressing himself in any which way yeah. he can because that's what he wants mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. He's been wanting to do it for a long time since he was a kid. Him and his brothers. This is just an artist through and through. Yep. It's an it's a really good documentary. If you have Amazon Prime, highly recommended. Uh, you know, like I said early on, there's so many cameos from like other actors who are just starting off. You get a lot of behind the scene looks at some of your favorite movies. I love seeing the Tombstone stuff. Uh, I wish they would have delved into that a little bit more because Tombstone had kind of a rough production. Uh, the father of the director who made Mandy directed uh, Tombstone, seeing uh, Cosmodo, so I believe his last name was. So. Uh, the UK-based startup revealed an AI program that they have developed partnership with Kilmer to restore his old voice. Man, I fucking hope so, dude. What? I really fucking hope so. We got to get Val Kilmer back in movies. Nick Cage did a movie without talking. Yes, yeah, he did. it was amazing. <laughs> he sure did. Uh, uh, Willie's Wonderland. Not one spoken line. Carried the whole movie. You, you telling me Val Kilmer couldn't do Willie's Wonderland? Let's get Willie's Wonderland 2 starring Val Kilmer. Nick Cage. Let's go, man. Let's make yep, it happen. I'm in. Highly recommended, though. Absolutely, I yeah, I was I was really enthralled by it. Yeah, it's 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 a moving flick. It's there's a lot of information in there. There's a lot to take in, mm-hmm. but you just you, you're just hoping for the best for Val Kilmer. Yep. You know, and if what Cuddles is telling me about this UK-based startup, an AI program that'll that'll somehow restore his old voice, fucking get on that shit, mm-hmm. man. We need more Val Kilmer. It's called Cyberdyne. Absolutely. All right, moving on to our second movie review. We actually did a reaction to it last week. Correct. An immediate reaction, spoiler free. We're going to talk a little bit more about Shang-Chi. There will be spoilers. So if you have not seen Shang-Chi yet, get out of here. Leave. Come back in about five minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about Mm Shang-Chi, and then we're going to talk about what if, and we're going to wrap things up. But if you've not seen Shang-Chi yet, if you're listening on on iTunes or Spotify, or if you're watching on YouTube, get out of here. Come back in about five minutes. You'll find the markers on YouTube. You know when to come back. Cuddles says this movie was fucking awesome. Cuddles, did you want to call in? I believe Cuddles wanted to call in on this, did he not? Cuddles, do you, would you like to call did in? You, did, yeah, you were you were somewhat mentioning it. I thought you mentioned that you uh, you wanted to call in. Oh, you want to be famous? He's got it. He's got it. Oh, he's got yeah. it. All right, Cuddles he, has got it. Cuddles, take care of that. Thank you, Cuddles. Uh, Tricky Region said this movie was awesome, but I believe Cuddles said he wanted to call in. Cuddles, let us know if you want to call in because we want to get you on here, dude. I would love to get your thoughts on this. But while we're waiting on Cuddles to reply. Tone? Yep. Overall now, mm. your thoughts on Shang-Chi. Now we've had time to kind of like simmer, think about it, explore some of the deeper mm. elements of it. What did you think of this movie, dude? This is hot. Now, I, I don't know where it stands in the ranking, but I can tell you it's it's in the top quarter of all the MCU so far. Ooh. It definitely, definitely has jumped up high on that, on that list. some great MCU movies. And there has been, and and like while we don't know what framework it's building now for Phase Four, we're in that early piece of it. Yep, we've got nibbles, but and we'll get to that shortly. But this movie, as somebody, I think if you were here last week or have watched the the spoiler free reaction, I love Eastern culture. I love anime. I love I love kung fu flicks. Yes, I like all those. I like martial arts films, just period in general. I should say. Uh, this really felt like a, a ridiculously, at some points, but still awestruck, live action anime. Like, yeah. 
I I don't know how it's better to say that. Like some of the animes I've seen, this 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 like shadowed some of the things that were doing. It was just so epic on a grand scale. And again, we talked about it last week. Crash brought it up. The the trailers for this movie did not even hint at no, that we're close at to all. It. I mean, there was a hint, but you didn't know what that was going to turn into when they showed the dragon under right. the water that first time. But, you know, I thought maybe that could have been a vision or a whatever. A dream or, or something like or that. Or maybe even just being a pep talk, like, hey, stop being a bitch, get up there and fight some <laughs> shit, you know? Dragon, yeah. dragon comes out, and they're, like, doing fucking epic monster. Like, if you've ever seen, like, something like uh, the Naruto anime, many times in that series, there are, like basically non-mech but like mystical beasts like battles and shit like that this crazy shit that goes on they're epic as fuck this turns into that and it's epic as fuck and it felt epic as fuck it didn't you know this is what's weird about it it didn't feel fucking like out of place or campy no like it actually somehow built up to it perfectly right right there's a lot i mean there's a lot of uh in the second half of the movie it just turns into this fantasy mystical like what the fuck am i seeing kind of thing like Again, I didn't really expect it to lean that heavily into it. And, you know, I thought maybe there'd be traces of it. But that that last part of that movie turns full on. Like somebody steps on the gas and says, all right, this is where we're going it's with it. It's when they travel, yeah, through the maze of when the forest. When they get to the Tau. Yeah, I can't even name the village. But uh, oh. Taolo. Taolo, Taolo. I think it is Taolo. Um, you know, it, it just, the movie completely changes. Yeah. And it was it worked. And, like, man, I've got to tell you, and, and I know we said this, and you're probably going to talk about this as well, too, but, like, the the lead actor, like he's he like he's a new guy, sure to acting, but I felt like already this is a guy that's got a career. He's got a long career. His range was great. Yep. His timing, everything about it. He clearly knows martial arts. Yep. You got great fight scenes that were full stretched out. They weren't cutaways. Like you know, I, I keep saying it. Like this is when you see this and you go back and watch fucking Netflix's Iron Fist. You're like, why <laughs> the fuck is this so bad? It's bad. We already know it's bad, but then you see this, you're like, this is really, really bad. Like, this is terrible. The story wasn't so terrible, but th- this character was bad. It just didn't work out, so it- it's a shame. But I, I absolutely love this movie. It was definitely one of my one- favorite ones already in the MCU, um, just because it hits a lot of things that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, even even the even the way they change the rings for the MCU instead of being rings on your fingers, and I still think that those rings, because they move around in your fingers, we might still see him on like somebody. Size or like they'll, they'll tr- transform or yep, something like yep. that. Yep, like maybe we'll eventually see him on somebody's hand. And I like the tie back with the Mandarin, things like that. And you're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of those specifics. But I'm telling you, this was an, if you're a fan of anime, of, of Eastern cinema in any form, there's a lot here to unpack. It's a lot of love here. It's a love letter to a lot of many things. And boy, oh boy, to be in, under the MCU banner. It's exciting. Pretty it's really fucking great. dope. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought this was like an excellent way for them to kick off Phase Four. You know, Black Widow came out. I don't. I don't consider that a part of Phase Four. Uh, but this was like the first time we'd gone to a theater. We had a crew of folks from the B and B community. Crash was there. Uh, Prime Didact was there. Half Ass Beer Review was there. Yeah, we had a good we, we had trick. an awesome crew. Tricky Regent was there. We had a great crew. Everyone had a great time, and it was uh, it was good being back in the theater again. But this was a movie that delivered on that experience. I mean, it's one thing to be excited about to get back to a theater, but to actually watch a movie that uh, finds a way to bring a lesser-known uh, Marvel hero to the forefront, uh, placing a charismatic Samu, uh, Samu Liu in, his sh- in, in those shoes, and the way he knocks it out of the park as, as, as Shang-Chi, this guy is destined to be a star for years in the MCU. Uh, charismatic. He's funny when he wants to. When it, when when there were moments that called for real dramatic, you know, uh, poise, 
He was great. Mm-hmm. There was that one conversation again that he was having with Aquafina that was um, he was talking about what he's gonna have to do with his father and the way the emotion comes mm-hmm. through. I was just like, this guy is fucking talented as mm-hmm. fuck. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was it was a fantastic way to kick off Phase Four. The movie has incredibly choreographed fights. Yeah, I mean, we're talking specifically the the one that you see in the trailer, the full extended uh, um, bus sequence. There's a fight along a building scaffolding on the outside of like a tall building along the scaffolding that is incredibly well choreographed. The bamboo scaffolding, at the that. bamboo scaffolding, absolutely. Uh, the final battle, and that, and that's the thing, you know, when we talk about how the movie goes super fantasy in, in the second half or towards the end in the mm-hmm. final act. Um, you know, this is where, you know, when I seen how things were going with the dragons and everything was starting to ramp it up, I was, there's was always that concern. Cause how bad is it can't be going to get, like, yeah. you know, like I knew it was going to be camp and that's fine. And I understood, and, and, but it was, it was a beautiful type of camp. Like it was, yeah. it was camping, but you're never like rolling your eyes. You're like, man, this right. is fucking majestic. Like it yeah. was really crazy. Yeah. Uh, but my biggest concern is that anytime things get that crazy, I'm always about the Michael Bay effect where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? They told the line. The director, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, told that line. Uh, it, he doesn't go full on Michael Bay and allows the viewer to keep up with the blistering action. Like you, you can really embrace it. You can really enjoy it, and uh, it was it was fantastic in terms of the choreo- choreography. And like you mentioned, the East- Eastern culture, the influence in all of the combat and everything that's going on there. It was just a nice blend of chaotic action and culture, and it was really, 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 really well done. But, um, you know, I know there's probably some people that weren't quite ready for that fantasy element because, like, it goes it goes deep into fantasy. Like, there's a lot going on, more than most MCU movies. But, thankfully, WandaVision and Loki, which were very much extremes in one direction or the other, kind of prepared me for that. You know, because WandaVision gets wild at the end. Loki gets is crazy from start to finish. So coming into this, I was like, okay, I'm prepared for this. I'm cool to see to what extent they're willing to go. And it was just a really, really entertaining flick, dude. Yeah. It was really entertaining. Shout out to Joel P. West, the fucking score for this movie. Yep. The soundtrack is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. If you can find it on Spotify and iTunes, download it, listen to it. It's fucking amazing. Yep, yep. Um, there's a couple things I do want to come back and say. Uh, uh, Cuddles said, uh, coming in not knowing anything about the character, he loved it. Sitting there with his kid reminded him of watching kung fu movies with his dad growing up, which I completely, totally get that. <laughs> uh, also, the fact that they used the Mandarin didn't even notice reading subtitles. So yes, which is true. And 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 as somebody who watches a lot of anime, like I just it does it's second nature to me too. And I I realized it part way through the movie. I'm like, oh, there's there's actually a good amount of subtitles. I wasn't even really paying attention. I mean, you're on a big screen anyways, but. I was, you know what, started watching um, uh, stuff on like Disney Plus and all these other things. I always keep the subtitles on. That's how I do. If I'm doing something and I want to watch it, I can read what's going on. Same. Coming into a movie and watching it, I was like, okay, this is totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was was a a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, that's where my background comes from with Kung Fu Flicks. That's as like my dad was a big Bruce Lee fan, so that's where yep. my that's I, I grew up around that as well too. So I, I love hearing that that you and your uh, kid are able to do that, enjoy that as well too. Uh, he said he liked when the dad showed up at the camp and told the old man to calm down, young man. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. That was actually really cool. Calm too. down, yep, young yep, man. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, Seventy Dungeons does bring it up, and I want to point out that once again, the day before we saw Shang Chi last week, yep. we did talk about uh, if you guys remember Ben Kingsley. And the, the Mandarin character and Trevor coming back. And sure shit, there was a reason why they threw that on fucking Disney Plus a week yep. before Shang-Chi come out. Because Trevor did return Sir Ben Kingsley 
did reprise the role as Trevor. And, and he crushed and every he scene. Fucking, yeah, and it's so funny. You got a guy who played Gandhi, but also played Dalsam in the fucking Street Fighter movie, I point out to everybody that forgot. Um, there's a guy that's a credible actor. Um, he's in, he wasn't even in Sopranos an episode or two, like just crazy stuff. So a well-renowned award-winning actor playing this goofy fucking character in the MCU to a T and looks like he's having a fucking blast because he clearly has a good sense of humor. Yeah. Like he was just, he was, he was perfect. And by the way, all those mystical creatures they shown were, what was the, what was that thing's name? I can't remember what it was. Was it an H or like Howard or Herman or something like that? Yeah. Whatever he called it, but it's actually a legitimate, like um um a Chinese uh uh mystical creature like all of yeah. them were actually were actually uh, creatures I think uh, Screen Crush actually uh, breaks it down Ryan Airy of course always does that so um it was just kind of cool like that that was really fun and when you pull in a towel out and you see them and you get to see like the big like they're actually not lions they're they're technically I think supposed to be dogs. Um, dude, Those are dogs. Yeah, technically. Wow. Um, it was Norris. Really cool because Norris, thank you, Crash. Norris. Norris. Yeah. Uh, Morris. 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 Um, the the artwork is very. You know, the, I mean, just everything about it. Just it, listen. I'm telling you, it, it, when they pull into that that village and you see all the mystical beasts, and it's like this crazy. It's, of course, it's digitalized too. You're just like, well, this is so crazy. It was beautiful. That's the first time we realized we're going straight. Fantasy we're we're going. We're we're gonna we're gonna hit that fantasy hard. So yep. yes. I digress. Very exciting. It, it's it, it's a great movie, and you know what? And, and you know how I know it's a great movie. Uh, it is the highest Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Audience for score. Um, an audience score, not a critical score. An audience score, which can be very fucking ruthless. The audience score can always be really ruthless mm-hmm. if people don't like what's going on. Uh, this is the highest Rotten Tomatoes audience score for a Marvel studio movie ever. Ninety eight percent. Audience score, ninety eight percent. That's fucking insanely high mm-hmm. for an MCU movie. And the question I ask, and it doesn't have to be a full out discussion, but you know, my question is: is this is this because the movie is that good? Which I would say I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Or is it because it's the first Marvel film of a new Phase Four? You know, everybody's getting back to the theaters. Everybody a good time. Like I do believe that actually it is the movie that carries it. But I always wonder that ever since, you know, during the pandemic and you see some of the reviews of these movies and people right. that are like, is it really that good? Or are we just excited that we're getting to sit home and watch it for 15 bucks? So, right. but again, I digress on that as well too. Uh, clearly, you know, so much of us that have seen it have really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, it was, it was just, it was a fucking killer experience. It was really fun. Yeah, it it was, was awesome all the way through to be back when you the have theater. good performances, you have a good soundtrack, you have good writing, it's got that Marvel humor lined in there where it needs to be, mm-hmm. where you kind of expect mm-hmm. it. Everything, it, it's just, it, when you have all of that, you can really afford to take your movie in any direction you want to mm-hmm. go. If you want to go super fantasy mm-hmm. and you have everything else working, you can afford to do that. Now, if it's shitty acting and bad writing and they go full fantasy like they did, I guarantee the audience score would be a little bit lower. Like, oh, man, this movie sucked. And then it gets crazy stupid. Right. But everything was so well done leading up to that point where it allowed them to take those chances and do something real wild. They did a great job at that, for sure. I am telling you, it's not. It's nice not knowing uh, much about the characters to pick the movie apart. That's why I keep saying Phase 4 is going to be more exciting than people realize. Well, we're going to see some of them characters. Yep. Phase 4 is going to really bring in new people that, that aren't overly... You know, in front of like they're they're grade A people. It's going to be more obscure characters. I think it's going to bring 
that sort of enjoyment back. It's to. going to allow a lot of opportunity for representation. It's going to allow mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity for people to relate. Mm-hmm. It gives Marvel. It, I mean, obviously the Iron Man's and the Caps and the Thors. Those were all like you know everything. Everyone's predetermined going into the MCU. Like they know. Oh, I like this character. I like this character. When you take somebody like Shane Chi or even Blade, for example. I mean, there's just they're not super known characters, mm-hmm. and that gives people an opportunity. To be like I'm going to go on and find out what this character is about. Mm-hmm. And they go in there like, oh, dude, I can relate to this. I can relate to this. And it allows you to connect with new characters that you might not be too familiar with. Whereas if you go in not being super no, you know, knowledgeable of, of Marvel Comics, you know what Iron Man is. Yeah. You know what Thor is. You know what Cap is. Some of these other characters, you're going in blind. You're just yeah. like, let's see what they're about. And then you make these connections. You're like, oh, fuck, man, that's dope. Yeah, so there's, like l- there's less personal stake in some ways, so you're not overly critical you don't pick them apart, things like that. So, yeah, a lot of questions still. Wong and Abomination. What's going on there? Wong and Abomination. Abomination. That was fucking sweet. Tim Roth? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's great. Like, we don't even know yet how that's going to work. We do know. Uh, they talked to Kevin Feige. Abomination is a part of the future. Uh, it's well, not just Well, he's in the She-Hulk show. Yeah, right. Tim, right. Tim Roth is reprising the She-Hulk yep. show in, in Abomination. But I, we do know Abomination oh, is yeah. going to be a thing going forward, and yep. that's fucking sweet because yep. you know you want to see him in – Hulk maybe a lot of horns a little well, bit. You're definitely going to probably see him in She-Hulk Tangle. Oh, God, that's going to be fucking sweet, man. That was sweet. Yeah, seeing Wong in there in that fight and the way he takes out Abomination was fucking hilarious. That was fucking hilarious. So that was really, really cool. Uh, Crash says, the MCU turned uh, B-list heroes into A-list heroes. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the C and D-list characters to get a shot. Absolutely. And if they write these characters well and they create good origin stories, again, for people to connect with that they can relate to, It'll help ascend those characters to the upper echelon with the with the Iron Mans and the Black Widows and the Wandas and all this stuff. Give them that stage because that gives you so much a bigger right. portfolio to pull characters from to explore different storylines. That's fucking huge. That's how you're going to keep the MCU relevant going forward is by taking some of these obscure characters. Obviously, once they introduce the X-Men, they're not so obscure, but some of these other obscure MCU characters and give them good movies. You're going to keep that MCU going, and Disney wants mm-hmm. to keep that, that that money rolling in. We, we are briefly, Crash. Uh, yeah. Uh, Abomination, I, my guess is that he's going back to the raft. I'm pretty sure he is technically supposed to be locked up somewhere after the Incredible Hulk that we don't talk about so much of the MCU. So, um, But who knows really for sure. I, and I'm pretty sure Wong was – I mean, they were they were making money. So it's – yeah, everyone's friends when you're making money. Right, right, right. Or however this plan was. But yeah, Abomination, I'm I'm gonna guess, was probably making a little bit of Skrilla while he's also somehow either in prison somewhere or wherever it is. So mm-hmm. I think that'll come back around. I think they're still like they're still si- they're silently building the young Avengers, especially on D plus. Mm-hmm. But I think they're also still building the Thunderbolts as well too. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, we had a question. Are we going to uh, address the uh, post credit scenes? Uh, yeah, we'll address the first one. I feel like the second one is just your typical ending for yeah. for, for an M- for a Marvel movie. Just letting you know, you know, so these these certain right, folks Zach. will be returning. But the first end credit scene was interesting because it was Wong, uh, Shang Chi, and and Aquafina's character, and they were like, "Hey, look, we're they're analyzing these rings. They're trying to figure mm-hmm. out the origins." Of these rings, and as Wong is going through, he's like, "Man, these, these aren't even from around here. We don't—they're not vibranium. We don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so they're trying to figure out, you know, the origin of these things. And the closest thing they get is some like deep space location where there just happens to be a beacon going off. I thought they said the rings were being a beacon. They were calling something. Oh, the rings were a beacon. The rings I were thought a beacon. There, when they when they when they searched that deep, there was a beacon that they picked up on crash. Can you uh, clear that up? I, I thought when they went deep on the on the thing, they, that there was a beacon that they picked up. Not so much that the rings were sending out a beacon. I don't think Eternals. I think it's deeper. I think. Well, Celestials created the Eternals. Is it something as deep as Celestials? Maybe, but they said early on, Michelle Yeoh's character said that um, they came from another universe, more or less. Mm. They're not from this universe. The rings were beacon. That's what I thought. Yeah, the rings, the rings were, beacon. were beacon. Okay, they were okay. calling something. Okay, uh, more or less. And, to and, deep space. Right. So, so is it some like? multiversal like we don't really know that's what i wonder is it fin- like the what's that what's the dragon race of the fing fing fooms like all them shit like i don't even remember but uh um wasn't it the sheer empire that the ring tech came from in the comics i no i don't think so that's what i wondered was you know is this is this kind of like got something to do with maybe galactus as well what's too? up like, zach you know uh, um i don't know i feel like all the stuff when it comes to MCU, like we're going to hypothesize is going to be wrong anyways, but I also feel like it's not going to be anything like they would expect. I don't think it's the Fin Fang Foom because I just, I feel like I know that the dude that played him, like the human version of him or whatever, did the Dragon <laughs> bullshit in Iron Man 3. I don't know if they'll go that route. Um, I think definitely Galactus would be a cool one for sure if we go that, but man, like with Shumagorath hanging around, like we got a lot of big extraterrestrial things and Kang is like all over the place. So it's, it's really tough, man. Yeah. They, they don't, uh, wait, wait, Ken Cuddle says the answer might lie in the multiverse in comic canon. The 10 rings were created by an alien race called the Malukans or Malkaluans. Malkaluans. Uh, they look like dragons and have shape shifting abilities that allow them to mingle with humans and remain undetected. So yeah, that would, that would be cool if they went straight like that, but the rings are already different. So I mean, who knows if they go that direction, that'd be dope. I'd like that because Fin Fang Foom. But who knows? I mean, honestly, it's clearly there. That's their first breadcrumb, I think, to what is going to happen on a on a in a grand scale of of, of a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to wait till the next couple movies because. <laughs> Uh, we don't but know. I mean, what a, what a way to kick it off! Yeah. Dude. I mean, and now, and now people are hyped about this movie. Obviously, the audience has loved it. It's reviewing incredibly well, made a shit ton of fucking money, way more than they projected. Thirty three million more by a thirty. And dude, that tweet—if you're following Simu, uh, I want to say I'm pronouncing his name. Is it Simu Lu? I think so. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He put out a tweet the other day, because he before <laughs> before this movie, he was basically in stock photos mm-hmm. that any company can use for like their flyers or their training or whatever. And it's just him sitting in front of a computer pointing and laughing with two other randoms. And he goes, this is us laughing at those that predicted this movie to flop. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's having a blast with it. Worldwide, 1.2. Yeah, if you're continuing, uh, yeah, if you're if you're taking in like the Chinese market, because in China, the like movies are huge over there. So the Asian market and all that stuff. So yeah, Crash, he's crushing it. He was an accountant, man. He's just he's he's a star now. Mm-hmm. He's a star now, and he's gonna be a he's gonna be a big part of the MCU going forward. And I mean, he's great. He's great in this movie. Everyone is great in this movie. I mean, every performance, everyone is is committed, and they're and they're passionate about the characters they're playing. And for characters like this, you need that commitment. You need that kind of effort. Mm-hmm. And they fucking nailed it. Yep, they nailed it. And now Phase Four starts off with a bang. We've got Spider Man in December. We've got uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in March. 
We're rolling, the, baby. The next two. Is that, they could end it the next two and be fine with it. <laughs> very honest. Wait, no. When's the Eternals? Oh, that's November. Jeez. So Eternals in November. Yeah. Spider-Man in December. And uh, yeah, Doctor March. Strange in March. In March yeah. yeah, ScarJo's pissed. She want that money, dude. She want that money. And what was the article I read about the Russo brothers? They might not direct another movie because of what's going on with this. Yeah. Better fucking pay the woman. Look, Disney, you make... Billions of dollars you, with every release. You make money. You make a little bit Print of money. money. Give Scar Joe the money. I don't care if you don't bring her back. If you want to part ways, you killed her character off, whatever. Give her her money. You made a deal. You can't sit there and be like, well, the pandemic, da, da, da. you made a deal. Pay the woman her money. She was amazing as Black Widow. She was amazing in every movie she was in. Even though Black Widow was a little underwhelming itself, she was committed. She's always been good as Natasha. Pay the woman. And move on from this. Let's not have any other casualties involved because you want to be greedy little fucks. Love your stuff. I'll still go see your movies. But pay ya. Pay ya. Pay ya. Pay ya. That's all we want to do. All right. Moving on to the final topic of the evening. Let's talk a little bit about what if. Episode 5. Avenger Zombies. There's Cap. He's Cap. He's a zombie. He's a zombie Cap. Tone? Yeah. Not a huge fan of this episode, eh? No. Do you? Well, first of all, you like zombies. I do like zombies. You like zombies. You like you like you like the Avengers. They do, yeah. So you mix them together. Yes. How do you come away, meh? I just felt like the story was kind of anticlimactic. I felt like the jokes were too jokey. And listen, I, I'm fine with like the joke like joke stuff, and I like Paul Rudd a lot. But I felt like this this one almost like like the there was conversations going. He kept doing them jokes, and I was like, I miss. I felt like I was missing out on Paul Rudd was heavy on the jokes. Yeah, like I get it, and I get it, but I just felt like it was compared to the other ones, which had very deep stories and like you were moving forward, and it was clearly as a fun one shot. And listen, I'm gonna be that guy again. The Marvel zombies back in the day, which everybody wasn't on board with it. I really enjoyed it. I love the fucking artwork. The artwork was incredible. The action figures are incredible. It just didn't, it did its own thing, and that's fine because Disney now owns Marvel, and I understand that, but it leaned too much into the MCU side of it instead of more of what they could have leaned, in, I think, into it, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit more of the comic side of that. I like where that originated from. I thought that was kind of smart. I like the setup of how they that it turned into mm-hmm. the zombies. That that yeah, how they yeah, break the, out. The, like the, all the, that the was origins cool. of the virus. The origin was, was, cool. was yeah. really cool. Because what was it? Um, Hank Pym was in the. He was in the. He went was looking for Janet Van Dyne, yep. and then she brought back, or she was already infected was with there, some sort of quantum with... virus yep. that ended up being, you know, the zombie virus. Z virus. Um, yeah, no zombie Mary Jane. See, you get it already. You know, we've all seen those pics. Um, but yeah, like this would have been. Yeah, I agree. It would have been better as like something a little bit more lengthy or a couple parts. I think it felt so rushed. Um, the man, some of the um direction they went with some of the characters like towards the end was very like meh. Like I didn't like the whole thing with Vision and stuff like that. Like I, it makes sense to me. But it just didn't feel very good in the story wise, and like some of the characters that did or didn't live or did or weren't zombies, I just felt like all the choices were just kind of like subpar to a degree. Like I'd rather have somebody that's not voicing their character, but have that character either on this side or that side. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like listen, when when Marvel Zombies came out, and here's my problem with zombie stuff: Marvel Zombies came out in a time right before 
zombies blew up and became a saturation of all markets. And that right. was pre-Walking Dead as a TV series. Now, Walking Dead as a comic is is incredibly well written. I don't know what... Uh, I can't even remember his name anymore. The the guy that created it fucking... God damn, it's going to piss me off. Um, I tried to forget his name, actually. So, um, <laughs> but, you it's know... working. Right, right, right. Uh, but... During that period, you were getting different things that were adding the the zombies into, and I would honestly say that this was probably the biggest. As when Marvel did zombies, it was like really the most commercial zombies outside or mixing with anything else that you'd never seen. Robert Kirkman, thank you. I just remember the fucking name. I hate you, El Blanco. Just kidding, I love you. <laughs> I love Blanco. They also did uh, zombies in the Star Wars universe too, which actually that book was a really good book. It was really cool. I mean, because you can put, that's the nice thing about zombies. You can put it in anything. And, and it, it works. Just, and it just translates. That's fine. Walking Dead as a TV show was just this watered down, saturated drama bullshit that everybody could circle jerk to. And it ruined zombies for me at least. And I don't, I don't think I'm alone on that. So, when it comes to zombie stuff, I'm definitely a little bit more particular. I, I Clearly, I love zombie stuff, but I just felt like I expected more out of it because I knew the source material that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I guess it, 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 it there's a struggle there because a lot of the characters from like the Marvels, the, 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 the comics, they can't have in this because they don't have them introduced, like Magneto sure. and things like that. But I don't know. I just felt overall the story was felt very rushed. It felt very... just It felt like a blip. It just felt like a blip. It didn't. Right. It wasn't anything that it wasn't really exciting. That when it was done, I was like, "Eh." Right. No, I feel you. I I do feel like this one is a step back in terms of its complex nature of the story. You know, the last two episodes have been really deep and really dark and thought provoking. I feel like this was a little bit more shallow. But I'm a zombie guy. I love zombie stuff, and they camped it up pretty good in some certain spots. Especially, I feel like Paul Rudd's humor works in a campy sense. You know, I feel like that's what they were going for. It was awesome. Watching Wong get beheaded, zombie Wong get beheaded. Iron Man is a fucking zombie. Cap is a zombie. His battle with uh, with, with um, Winter Soldier was sweet. Yeah, was Bucky cool. was sweet. That was a sweet battle on the train. But um, like I, I liked it because it was violent. It was actually a pretty violent episode. A lot of the way these zombies were killed off and some people were fucked up. Uh, Happy's part was funny. Blam, 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 and Happy gets pulled yeah, off. Yeah, that was cool that he was in there. I actually. mean, there was just there was. I thought it was campy fun all the way through, and I felt like that fit the zombie theme. But I will agree with you in the fact that you know it wasn't as deep as the last couple of episodes. It, it so wasn't rushed, as man. it wasn't a deep story. It wasn't a thought provoking story. I did like how the virus came from the quantum realm and Hank Pym brought it back. Yeah, and, and all that stuff. That stuff was cool. But at the end. Of the day you know it's a zombie story and i mean i, I my understanding is zach Diamond says he goes the zombie comics were way too dark for the mcu i don't know how dark which they is got, fine which is probably what you probably would have enjoyed it more had it been darker themes with zombies but like i thought it was entertaining it was goofy uh but yeah i don't think it was the best episode in the in the series so far yeah, i don't i don't know if it was the darker for me i don't think it was the darker the darkness or whatever you want to say that would have been better i just felt like the story like Again, like, and I get it. There's some great material out there, uh, zombie material that's like short stories and stuff like this. It just, I felt like these are such established characters. Like, the, the, there just should have been more. I don't know. I felt like there was never. I mean, I guess maybe you're you're super powered characters and you don't need to worry about that. And sort do you of think thing. maybe it's because there were so many characters that they couldn't really dive into? It? I mean, this was a fucking star-studded cast. Like, there yeah, was a it ton was of pretty people. wild. Mark Ruffalo, yeah. Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Sebastian Stan. Everybody was involved, uh, really. Evangeline Lilly, Paul Rudd, John Favreau, uh, Danae Gurria, and Emily Van Camp. I mean, this yeah. was a... St- 
don't. This was a loaded cast. It was. And it was constantly bouncing around, so you never really got the flesh out characters like you got in the last couple episodes. So that may be why it felt kind of rushed because you were constantly getting introduced to zombie versions or survival versions of all these MCU characters, and the next thing you know, it's over. So I feel like maybe it was just a little too much in terms of characters mm-hmm. to really kind of get invested into the story. Right, and I think you know, like Cuddle says, he thinks it's a good breakup from the series and the other ones. But see, that, absolutely, which is fine. That's a good perspective for me. Like I, I don't want that breakup. Like the what ifs to me are like, I, I take them as like some form of like I, I want more serious in them. Um, I, I and it, and it really came down to the story. Like, sure, again, the origin of the story, everything. It just I felt like I, I can't explain it fully, but I just I just didn't really overly enjoy it. I was like, it was all right. I didn't hate it. Like it was all right. Like, nah. No, and and, and I like right. what you're saying about how because I think it's because the last two episodes were so well done in mm-hmm. terms of like exploring like more headier themes, like some mm-hmm. darker themes. But at the same time, like how much darker can you get than when you're talking about grief and how people mm-hmm. deal with that stuff? And, 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 you know, at some point, I think you do have to bring it back up to what you expect. And I think zombies is the perfect spot to kind of Bring that levity back. Have a little bit of fun with it. Yes, it's a shallow story. I agree with 100% on that. I don't think it was as deep as the previous episodes. But in terms of being a zombie story, I thought it was pretty effective. All the humor in there matched up well with it because zombies in general are just campy humor. The only time I think a zombie story can be good when it's serious is like 28 Days, 28 Days Later. Right. Some of the other ones. Even some of Romero's best zombie movies were campy as fuck and had like these like dark humor like inter- interweaved throughout. All and that. I thought a couple of Paul Rudd's jokes were fine, but like I just felt he like was, it was, it was, it was just non-stop. Non-stop. Like everything about him, he's a jar in a head. Now the cave sound. I'm like, everything, it was, was, a a run- everything was a fucking running gag with it. I'm like, yo, like the, it's, it's, t- it was taking me away from, it was basically Rodney Dangerfield playing. Uh, right. Right. Playing Paul what, Rudd's character. So what little story was there was being water. And like, listen, this is not a, I mean, I'm not trying to knock Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. He's hilarious, but it's material. It's yeah. Not Paul it, just, Rudd. it just felt like the material wasn't sticking in this. For yeah. Me, so. It was just, he was just throwing, uh, they were was like, the much. writers were just like throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, some of them were funny. Some were like poor timing mm-hmm. or poorly placed um but at the end of the year i don't think this was the best episode i thought it was entertaining i had a good time with it but for the most part like i really liked what they did with the previous episodes and hopefully they won't give up on those headier things maybe there's some other stuff they can explore but i think at some point you can get too dark especially yeah. for something on disney plus i think my expectation knowing the source material just knowing zombies and right sure some, i think i definitely had I was really excited about this episode. I'll put it to you like that. Right. Oh hell yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had a high expectation. Look at this it. fucking poster. Yeah. How can yeah. you not be hyped about that yeah. shit? But anyway, on to next week's. Tone hates it. See, this so. is kind of why I can't do a show with this guy, man. I like something, he hates it. That's why we can't have nice That's things. What it is. But that is going to do it for this week's episode of Banter and Battle. Just a quick uh, uh um notes here. This weekend, malignant. Drops on HBO Plus or HBO Max. James Wan's latest horror movie. We'll be checking that out this weekend for sure. Talking That'll about be that next week. We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, obviously, we'll be talking about What If. Um, probably address whatever we see tomorrow on the PlayStation uh, uh, Showcase. I'll be live streaming that on our YouTube channel, 4 p.m. I'll probably go live a few minutes before that just to kind of get talk about what we're hoping to see. So uh, we'll be live tomorrow on our YouTube channel, 4 p.m. Eastern, to watch the PlayStation Showcase. God, I hope we see SOCOM. If not, I might just fucking drink myself stupid. Good. Yeah, that's, that'd be a sweet stream. Go for, stream for like six hours to straight drinking yeah, on YouTube. Get fired from your job. I would fucking do that. New World Open Beta this weekend. I think you should record that, Dungeons. 
I think you should record some new open or new world open beta. Let's go. Let's get another community preview. We'll call it a preview because it's an open beta. Community preview. Cuddles, there you go. Community preview. You and Cuddles work together again. Get us some open or what's it called? New world open beta. Talk about it. Let's go. Tone, you got anything? Uh, I do not believe so. No, just the usual. If you get a chance, share us with a friend, with a family member, whoever that might be. Please. One person say, hey, yo, I check out, hang out these guys, banter and babble. They're fun. They do a lot of different media. You might like them too. If you know somebody that might enjoy us, show them. Anytime anybody retweets our stuff on Twitter, we appreciate that. Instagram, oh, yeah. Facebook, whatever it is, thank you for that. We appreciate that. Please keep that rolling. We want to try and all over eventually, of course, but uh, you guys, your support, constantly being here, those sort of things, that word of mouth is so huge for us still in this stage, so we really appreciate it, and if you can, that's really the only thing we'll ever ask of you, and we appreciate it. We appreciate the hell out of each and every one of you. Again, thank you to Seven Dungeons and King Cuddles for the first ever community exactly review of Phasphobia, and Just Canadian, make sure you get a hold of either Tone or I, let us know where you want your $20 gift card, we will get that over to you ASAP. For everybody else, we really appreciate your support. We love you guys and girls being here. If you're listening on iTunes and Spotify, we love you too. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're pretty awesome as well. For Fanboy Tone, I'm the Dude 79 Thank you so much for being here tonight. We will see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. And if you can't make it there, we'll see you next Wednesday, 9 p.m., right here on Twitch for another episode of Banter and Battle. Have a good night, everybody.